Hi, I'm Kyle. And I'm Trevor. And welcome to Catching Up on Cinema. Uh, if you're not familiar with the program, Catching Up on Cinema is a movie review podcast wherein Kyle and I take turns introducing one another to films. Uh, and in this way, we help each other to catch up on our cinema. Uh, so last week, we covered a Donnie Yen film by the name of SPL, or Sapo Lang, uh, directed by Wilson Yip. Uh, really big fan of the pairing of the two of them, but mostly just a huge Donnie Yen fan. Uh, so something we don't do terribly often on the show. Uh, I got to pick the movie again, <laughs> consecutive weeks. Uh, so I figured, why not? Let's cover the prequel to SPL. Uh, it's a little film by the name of Flashpoint uh, from 2007, also directed by Wilson Yip and also starring Donnie Yen, although that's kind of debatable because I honestly don't think he's the main character of this film at all. Uh, however, he's the big name that put all the asses in the seats. Uh, so... Obviously, I have a thing for Hong Kong, like, crime dramas and stuff. But this this movie, like, tickles my fancy in, like, the absolute most perfect way. Uh, because it gives me the best of both worlds. Uh, it's, it's mostly just a cops and robbers story. But then, when it comes to the action components of it, it's really a martial arts movie. Mm. But set in modern times. And I, I love that shit. Like, I've never, I've never really bit too hard for, like, the the wuja like the period chinese movies oh. like, wuja is like a specific genre it's like native exclusively to china usually it's like uh crouching tiger hidden dragon okay like that's that's the prototypical example of what those look and feel like that's what i was picturing um although with many 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 extra layers of polish to it because that's a very well-made movie made by a very good director whereas most of that shit is cranked out on the cheap and on the quick <laughs> um but yeah, Flashpoint, uh, like I said, is a prequel to the movie we covered last week. Uh, however, obviously, it was made a couple years later. Um, it's kind of strange, actually, how the two films connect, because they really don't. And it's a very strange way to, to present a film, because honestly, the story is not a very strong element of either one of them. Uh, but for some reason, like that, that resonates with me. I think it adds maybe just a little extra something. Although, uh, now that the SPL series has become a full-blown fucking franchise, oh, wow. uh, this shit's gotten out of control, and I don't really know what we're doing anymore. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Kyle, uh, had, what you want to give us like a plot synopsis for this one? Yeah, so Donnie Yen is barely in the movie. Uh, he, <laughs> he's playing a McNulty, if you've seen The Wire, a McNulty-esque kind of loose cannon, playing by his own rules, breaking arms where he sees fit. Um, so he has a partner who goes undercover with a group that is not the triads. Uh, it is because he, the one of the guys asked the guy in the cell, are you a triad? Are you a triad? <laughs> Come with me then. Um, <laughs> like, good, because they can whip my ass. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's his three brothers. They're doing something illegal. and Smuggling, it, I think. Yeah. And they're, they, I couldn't figure out what they were doing exactly. But yeah, they're doing illegal stuff. And we have an undercover guy, Wilson, going in there who ends up getting found out. And um, basically there's a hostage taken. And then we have a gunfight and then a fight fight. Yeah. And it's all, uh, what, 83 minutes long? <laughs> 83 minutes long. Yeah, like... the fight, the fight <laughs> I actually timed. Is it about uh, seven? It is from um, timestamp one or one hour, 16 minutes to timestamp one hour, 23 minutes and 10 seconds. So yeah, me. I was almost right. Yeah. 
It's a it's a significant fight scene. Oh yeah, it's uh it's maybe one of my very favorite fight scenes in all of cinema history. Be- I was just thinking now, like, because it makes logical sense in the story because they they have no intention of fighting hand to hand. It it's at the back end of a gunfight, mm-hmm. and they've literally run out of all bullets, all guns, and they have to fight. Yeah, I uh, I think that's that's where the Donnie Yen factor comes in a bit. Is I, I said this on last week's episode. Um, he's a he's a particular talent in the world of fight choreography mm. because he he comes at it from a filmmaker's point of view. And so it's little details like that that he tends to factor in. And not only that, he also has like that that Bruce Lee mentality to like, for lack of a better term, uh, when it comes to martial arts. That is, uh, he's very open to embracing new ideas mm. and innovations because he understands that novelty is very important when it comes to presentation um people get tired of seeing the same trick over and over and over again and remember i said this last week ongbak tony ja that's what people were into around the time spl came out so the whole hong kong film industry was at kind of a low point in some ways especially in terms of action mostly in terms of action and so to change things up it's like well we can't necessarily do that because Tony Jaw is basically a one-of-a-kind fucking talent. And also, our stuntmen aren't willing to get concussed every time the camera's running. <laughs> well, I think uh, I think watching the end credits of this movie made me appreciate it a little bit more. And I realized that's why we liked, I, me and my brother would like Jackie Chan movies when we were younger. Is At the end of the movie, we're actually going through some of the stunt work. and it, I mean, Jackie Chan, almost in every movie he does that I've seen he does they show like him messing up on stunts or mm-hmm. breaking something inevitably because he always <laughs> breaks something but you go see that like man that's actually badass because you always hear that was the that was the cool thing about jackie chain like oh he does all of his own stunts and then you actually see uh people doing stunts at the end and you see them training and you, you kind of undersold how impro- impressive donnie yen is as you see him like practicing this stuff he's incredible and I think it's actually important if you do watch one of these movies, maybe find some of his like behind-the-scenes work because I think that once you see what he's doing and what he's capable of and then you see it on the screen, I think it's way more impressive. Well, I mean, to make it doubly impressive, factor in like the fact that he was not a mixed martial arts background martial artist. Uh, he was like wushu and taekwondo and that kind of stuff, like mm-hmm. traditional martial arts. Uh, even the Ipnon films, he'd never touched Wing Chun. Yeah. And he had to learn the moves. He had to he had to observe the moves, learn them, and present them on screen. And because he comes at it from a filmmaker's mentality, it's like he doesn't actually have to know the martial art. He just has to know how to move in that fashion and make it look believable. So all the joint locks and like Brazilian jiu-jitsu stuff he's doing in this movie, he just fucking learned that for the movie. Yeah. He, he doesn't have a background with that. And even like the tiny bit of parkour that's in this movie uh, yeah i did notice the parkour just yeah. a little bit of it. and uh there's a later movie that came out a few years later called uh, bodyguards and assassins it's mm. basically black hawk down in in not ancient but like turn of the century china mm. <laughs> so like bows and arrows and like muskets instead of like assault rifles and stuff but like parkour is a huge element of the choreography in that and again that's stunning and chasing trends where it's like how can we keep people interested it's like we need to do what people like who's the chinese tom cruise would you say donnie yen as far as being talented and like developing style and and skills for each film i think he became the the chinese tom cruise yes okay Uh, at at one point uh around 
what, like Ip Man 2, I think, he was officially the highest paid actor in China. Oh, wow. Despite not being much of an actor, so that's saying a lot for the, the strength of his brand. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess he'd be the rough equivalent. Uh, Andy Lau might be also on that same vein, although he's... I think he's around the same age as Donnie Yen, but he, there used to be this joke that Andy Lau was like the eternal Andy Lau because mm. he was just like Tom Cruise, just always looks and seems the same. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, he's getting older, but stays the same age. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Donnie Yen, like, I really, I really appreciate everything he did in this movie. Like, holy shit, the, the choreography in this movie, um, I don't know how much time went into it, but just the attention to detail in regards to like the drama of the drama being associated with the actual combat Mm -hmm. um there's a lot of attention to detail put into like the stakes like why are we why are we doing this now and like what is the emotional tone of the scene and i like the little detail that you mentioned there we're we're having this fist fight in modern times because we exhausted our ammunition and we're and you have the guy cornered What's he going to do? He can't run. He can't shoot you, so he's going to punch you. (laughs) Um, One problem I have with, I think it might be Chinese filmmaking in general, is the actual setup, or maybe just martial arts films. Because we start out, the movie starts off on a good note. Like, there's some there's some action strike. Like at the it at, starts off on a weird fucking note. It starts off weird. <laughs> I'm talking about the uh, the driving range scene. Oh, like, it well, that, pick, it that's pick, like ten minutes down the road. But that's it, what I'm saying. It yeah. picks it picks up pretty quick. Like you you have to set a foundation and then start picking up with the action, which they do, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But then it kind of dips again. It kind of dips down for a little while. I think that's largely a consequence of Wilson of Louis Koo. Mm-hmm. Being the main character rather than Donnie Yen. Yeah, because Donnie Yen the story, like all the story, all the character development is around him. Is around him. It's true. And frankly, I don't care that much about him. But because he gets injured at that point in the story, we kind of have to dial things back. I actually really like the the actors in this. I like the performances. Um, the even the story is easier to follow, and the performances all around are good. Um, I think this is one of the more impressive ones I've seen that isn't Eatmon or Thirteen Assassins. Well, what's really fascinating is a, uh, and th- this actually is a huge part of why I like Wilson Yip's like SPL and Beyond movies mm. is the the sheer number of familiar faces. It feels it feels like a. A classic director actor pairing like similar to like a scorsese and like De Niro, De Niro or yeah. something but even further because like the ensemble is like everybody every familiar face just pops up here and there like the the heavy set guy with the bushy eyebrows mm-hmm. kent cheng uh, he's in the Ip Man films he's he's in many of wilson yip's movies later and uh, i even noticed a couple other familiar faces for the first time like for the first time ever i noticed oh. that uh, one of the cops that works with Donnie Yen is the guy he punched out in SPL. Mm. And then one of the guys that Colin Cho threatens, one of the people he's strong-arming to claim his territory or whatever, is the chief from SPL. Ah. It's just like, wow, these are directors and actors forming connections. And it, it goes further and further. Like uh, the, I was calling him Pimp Hat in SPL. Mm. <laughs> the guy gets knocked off the roof yeah. by all the cops. Uh, he is one of the one of the bad guys in the long grass shootout, and he's a longtime collaborator with Donnie Yen. It's like wow, well, this this is it's always really fun. It's like it's like walking into a, like a coffee shop or something where they know your name. Yeah, it's cozy, you know. <laughs> I like the uh, the differences between the brothers too. I like yeah. I like their different roles. Uh, I, I really love. 
I mean, we should start getting into the actual movie. Yeah. Um, but I really love how their characters, like all of them, are given to us in snapshots without any dialogue, but instantly, within a couple seconds of footage, we just know who they are. We get some. We get some. Uh, something that drives me nuts, but I, I'll allow it in these films. Um, it's the on-screen title of the character. Which I fucking hate. They didn't put the title, but they did the freeze frame. They did a freeze frame. If they had the title, this movie would get knocked down it's, a couple of notches. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> like, that is a huge pet peeve for me, too. Darren, weapons expert. I hate that shit. I have oh a movie gosh. on my shelf that I might threaten you with someday. Oh. It's called Cross. It has Jake Busey in it. Oh. And Billy Zabka. <laughs> oh, uh, Sweep the Leg? Yes. Um, before the... YouTube series, the Cobra Kai thing. Like this, oh, okay. this was like mid two thousands Billy Zabka when nobody cared. Oh. <laughs> but um, it's it's like a oh yeah. Also has your favorite human being, Vinny Jones. Ooh yeah. I was actually just talking about him last night. And We're talking I, about how he should have been a hockey player or a rugby player because he was too violent to play soccer. Also has Michael Clark Duncan. Oh nice. Um, how did you get him for that? It beats me, man. They must have had photos. Seriously. <laughs> um. But, yeah, that, that movie has all the on-screen titles, and there are, like, 20 characters. And, like, in the first 10 minutes of the movie, I was like, oh, my God, what are we watching? So you got... Actually, the way I acquired that movie, I went to Scarecrow with my friends, Ooh. like, I think, like, 2008, 2009. So this was in the thick of, like, the superhero craze, like, mm. when it was just starting rolling. This was, like, post-Dark Knight. Oh, I want to go to Crow. Oh, no. um, we... And they had, like, a bargain bin. And oh. me and my friends were rifling through it, and we were having a contest to see who could find the worst cover art. And we just bought the the movies with the worst covers. Two things. <laughs> two things. That's a good idea. Uh, <laughs> two things. One, this is an unofficial plug for Scarecrow Video. If you're in the greater Seattle area, or not, I don't care if you're here visiting, go to Scarecrow Video. Give them their... Give them your business. They deserve Absolutely. it. Support your local business. Two, we need to do a Scarecrow video trip. You and I haven't done it together. We haven't. We need we absolutely to. Absolutely need to. I think that's important. We're going to spend two hours in that thing. Oh, real quick, what music should I play over your little PSA? Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put something on it. Uh, I don't know. What, 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 I'll find something. I don't know. We need to talk about that. I'm actually. thinking Mario Paint. We're doing Mario Paint. <laughs> we need to discuss music later. Uh, that's something that uh, I need to email him. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we should get to the movie. Yeah. Um, um, opening shots are, I said they were kind of weird because it's it's a very start and stop situation where, uh, it's just like a MMA like gym and there's a fella that's practicing in the ring. He's just throwing some punches, sparring a bit. Then Donnie Yen comes in. He's like whipping off his tie and his jacket. And he's like, "Hey, you, fatty, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's go." Fatso. <laughs> he's like, the guy he's fighting is not fat. No, not no. Well, maybe by Chinese standards. Maybe, maybe. but but no, he is not fat. <laughs> like he's a little soft, but he's no. not fat. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, he just points at the guy in his Donnie Yen way. Ah, oh, God, he's got a great point. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he pops that shirt off in this movie. Oh yes, he does. Oh yes, he does. Yeah. <laughs> Give me the vapors. Yeah. Um, and he slides under the ropes, and he just he like shoots on this guy and just ground and pounds him, just yeah. slaps him, like okay. literally slaps him, and then we fade to black, and he's doing an interview. Yeah, I was concerned when I saw the interview part. I'm like, oh no, what are we watching now? Yeah, uh, but it, 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 it's only it's only a bookend, really. Uh, it comes up in the like a little bit later, but literally like just the testimonial interview style. Yeah, uh, they just ask him like, do you? Did you intentionally hurt this person? Like you get, you're getting getting the sense that he's, like I said, a McNulty kind of playing by his own rules. And he's like, "Did you intentionally hurt anybody?" And he's like, 
He doesn't answer. He's just like, that's up for the judge to decide. Yeah, he's like, have, they're like, have you ever arrested anyone that probably shouldn't have been or didn't deserve it? And he's like, that's I'm. Up. it's just my job to catch thieves. Yeah. It's up to the judge to decide if they're guilty. And then, uh, yeah, we get a freeway montage. And did you notice the music at all in this movie, Kyle? Uh, no. Oh, man. I didn't, I didn't have headphones in for this You're one. breaking I, my heart. I noticed, <laughs> I, noticed the music, I noticed the music more when it's pronounced, and that's easier for me to notice when I have headphones in. Uh, I didn't really care. I didn't really pay, uh, catch the score in this okay, one. Yeah, because this is, like, secretly, like, like, subtly one of my favorite scores i I really i really like the music in this i don't understand you people uh (laughs) apparently there's this been this whole subculture this whole population of people that notice the score of a movie and like actually like it stands out and i never noticed it i was listening to a podcast today and they were talking about the score from batman forever i equally don't understand you i I, you people my brother like (laughs) Uh, several people I know, they're like, yo, you don't listen to the, the the soundtrack? I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? The soundtrack to the movie? Like, does it have, like, songs on it? They're like, yeah, the, the score. I'm like, why would you have that? Well, I mean, for me, it's like, I can't disassociate the two. Like, they, they go hand in hand. The image follows the music. And they, they are one. And yeah. it's it's the funniest thing, because I'll catch myself listening to soundtracks for movies, listening to the score. Yeah. And then I flip my fucking shit... When the when the track of music I'm listening to on YouTube or whatever is different from what's in the movie, I'm like, that's not right. That's not right. And like I was telling you this via text a while back that um, you pull up any Hans Zimmer score, you're gonna have a bad time <laughs> <laughs> because holy shit, his scores get butchered. Like for some reason, whatever they put on the album or whatever never matches what's in the movie, and it's so goddamn frustrating. He must like compose in suites or something, and then the director's just like, yeah. I'll take this off to the editing room and we'll, we'll make it work. <laughs> maybe just the, like playing an instrument, maybe that keeps me from noticing it as much. Or maybe certain styles stand out to me. Maybe just orchestral music doesn't stand out to me in films. Like Sometimes I'll notice like techno, like in Blade, it kind of sticks out. But boo, boo, I guess <laughs> orchestral's just been the background for so many movies that I just don't really notice it. But... Hmm. And I tried listening. I tried listening to the Batman, the Batman soundtrack, Lord of the Rings. Like I tried listening to them, but I just don't have a a time or a place that really applies to me, listening to them. Uh, Batman Returns, man. Just, just any time. Just listen to like it. When, when it, if it starts to snow. Okay. Just put it on, and you'll have a great time. I guarantee it. Okay. It's one of the. It's it's an opera basically. I just I, I never Conan, Conan the Barbarian, same deal. I never in that have... movie in particular because there's not much dialogue. There is so much the music dialogue. has to carry a lot of it, and also Arnold, you know. <laughs> <it's> like... <Yeah. laughs> I don't know. I guess I just never. It it just never. It, it was never pointed out to me growing up, so I've never really noticed it. But I still try to. But now I can't. And if I'm watching on a laptop without headphones, I I couldn't really hear the score as well. Okay. Well, all I wanted to say, and it took <laughs> ten minutes to say, is that I really like the music here. In particular, the piece of music that plays here over this. Uh, couple minute long montage which is filled with really lovely visual storytelling uh, like i said this is when we meet basically all the main characters of the movie yeah um and most of them are introduced to us without a word spoken and so we get to see uh all the vietnamese brothers the three of them and louis Koo, who plays a character named wilson uh, louis Koo, I, I told you this via text before we recorded he somehow finds his way into about 80 percent of all the chinese movies i watch He's not a favorite actor of mine, but I do respect his talent. He's very good at 
being weaselly. Okay. And an undercover cop is kind of a good fit for that, but he's very good at being weaselly, underhanded, and unlikable. He also has a fabulous tan, like, <laughs> which is distracting in some ways. I was going to say, <laughs> up until the, 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 the really nice tan, uh, Anthony Held, is that his name? From, oh, yeah, an island! <laughs> he's also oh, the... Mr. We- Compound Fracture himself. Yeah, he, <laughs> he is the weaseliest weasel that ever weaseled. Yeah. I'm telling you, him and Nick Nolte should have... That's another candidate for a brothers movie. Ooh, I would watch that. <laughs> he'd be he'd be Nick Nolte's little brother, Weasley little shit. Weasley little shit, and he would call him a Weasley little shit. Yes, that would be his nickname. <laughs> I, think, I think half of those guys have retired from acting. Maybe all of them. I yeah. don't know. Um, but yeah, Louis Koo is basically our main character. Um, we and like I said, we get all these characters, and then they get their own little freeze frame, which you and I both have issues with. However, yeah. um, they have a music cue. It's just like a... It's quick, though. It's like a It's like a howl or like a whooshing noise. It's, it's really cool. Um, I can't quite describe it with my words, but you'd have to hear it. Um, but we get to see him. He's partying with some ladies. Uh, we're at a nightclub. Also, um, note the fact that there are a fair number of Caucasian people here. Uh, are there? I yes. didn't even notice that. Uh, so, like, there's a, a subtle little story beat in this movie that doesn't mean anything to you or I. Um, however, for people from Hong Kong, it probably means something. Um, this story actually takes place in 1997, uh, which is when Hong Kong was handed back to the Chinese um, because it was under British rule. I think they had a 100-year lease was the agreement. Wow. It's uh, same situation with Rush Hour, actually. That, that's also the plot of that movie. Is that uh, it's just they call it the handover. Gotcha. Um, that's the nickname for the, the actual situation. But yeah, this story actually being a prequel to SPL takes place in 1997, and because the city is te- technically still a British territory, that's why you see some white people in the crowd. I didn't even notice. Um, them. I was too also busy. one of the brothers takes issue with one of the white fellows. <laughs> I definitely saw Archer dancing. Uh, oh yeah, I, he... I remember all their names for some reason. They were all very memorable. Tiger, Archer, and Tony. Tony. Yeah. Tony and oh, Tiger. <laughs> I loved when Tony made his appearance oh, on yeah. the screen. Um, but next up, we get to meet Tiger, uh, played by Jing Yu, who mm. I told you was a legitimate Shaolin monk. Yeah. Um, uh, he's apparently most famous for being in Kung Fu Hustle, which I actually haven't seen, but I've had it on my shelf for a good solid like decade. <laughs> so for the for you folks out there, we buy we're, we do we buy movies like we like people buy books. Yeah, we buy it with yeah. the intention of I haven't read it. I'm going to read it one day, but at any given point, there's there's stuff on the shelf that I haven't seen. There's a queue. <laughs> yeah, there's a cue. I have two. I have two Criterion movies that I still haven't watched, no. but just because they're it's they're both three hours long. No, I actually took a couple of movies off of my short stack. There. Oh wow! Yeah, I knocked some out. Man, I'm proud of myself. What did you not? Know, actually, what did you knock out this week? What, what have you got? Uh, John Wick three. I finally rewatched it. Okay. Um, and I watched a couple of stuff through streaming services. Um, Are you knocking out the rest of that Shutter subscription? Reborn. I, I watched it last night. Um, it's a uh, Sakaguchi, uh, the main character, the main actor from Versus. Um, Did you find the Chinese movies that are not horror movies on there? Are you using Shutter for non-horror purposes? It's Japanese, Kyle. <laughs> Japanese, God sorry. damn it! <laughs> Racist. Well, we, we're talking about a Chinese film. No, so. it's a One Cut of the Dead is apparently. I've known about it for a while, and I've been meaning to watch it. I I think I need to because I've heard nothing but the highest of praise for it. Mm. And also, I think it's a one-cut movie. It's oh. a it's about a film crew like 
making a zombie movie when I think an actual zombie outbreak happens. That's pretty cool. And it's supposed to be very fun. Like it, it's not a straight up horror movie. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been meaning to watch it for a really long time. And it's on Shutter exclusively. The only other way I know to get it is through a very small uh, Australian Blu-ray publisher mm-hmm. who also has this movie called Top Knot Detective that I fucking need to see. Like, I might need to squirrel away some cash and buy that fucking movie from Australia. Oh, because it sounds right the fuck up my alley. <laughs> um, but yeah, I watched Reborn. And uh, it is entirely plotless. But holy shit, some of the some of the cast and crew, I was like, mind fucking blown. Uh, Akio Otsuka plays the villain in it. He's the Japanese voice of Solid Snake. Dr- dressed up as a character from Metal Gear. Like, they knew what they was doing. Wow. <laughs> And uh, like I said, Tak Sakaguchi, uh, main guy from Versus, he came out of retirement to make the movie. They uh, hired a actual military martial arts instructor to work on the film. George Clooney and Three Kings. What? You <laughs> <laughs> got oil poured in his mouth or whatever? The George Clooney at the end of, the, of Three Kings, when they all leave, mm. he goes to Hollywood to be a stunt coordinator for oh. military movies. Oh, sorry. I, I completely forgot that detail. I just yeah. remember the tone in that movie being a little oh, wonky. It's a bad. <laughs> it's a real bad movie. It's like sorry. this was advertised as kind of a fun movie, right? It it was advertised as fun, and I guess it's kind of fun. Minus Spike Jones using the N word a few it's times. It's not fun. Like, it's not. Fun. It gets intensely dark towards yeah, it. It's... Like I said, a fella gets oil poured in his throat. He gets tortured. He gets <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, he gets tortured. It's dark. It's. Yeah, it's a strange movie. I've seen it like ten times. And also, they got a uh, Kenji Kawai to do the music and uh, composed Ipman oh. and uh, Ghost in the Shell. Oh, like uh, so he's like one of the premier Japanese composers who somehow, somehow they they had photos or something because like why how how would you get him to score your your bargain bin martial arts movie? <laughs> like, but they did. People and, gotta uh, eat. If all you want to see is people get knifed, uh, there are like. No joke, like 200 knifings in that movie. Interesting. Like, no joke. No exaggeration. <laughs> Have you seen um, Green Room yet? No. All right. I got to get to it, but it might be off Prime now. Um, but yeah, uh, next fella in the, the trio of villains we got here we meet is Tiger, played by Jing Yu. Like I said, he's a Shaolin monk. Uh, he is made up to be like some sort of be- like boy band guy in this movie. I he, thought... he looks like a street thug. But he's a fucking monk. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing to me that like he looks the part 100%. Yeah, these three guys all have completely different styles, uh, the three brothers. Yeah. Um, I like when he smashes the toilet, because that tells you all you need to know about him. That yeah, he's a hothead. He's a hothead. And he's, he's also su- kind of dumb. He's Sonny Corleone, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of an idiot. <laughs> he's kind of an idiot. Um, but he's not even the muscle. That's the, he's, he's, he's an idiot, and he's not even the muscle. <laughs> Yeah. Because fucking Tony's the muscle. Tony's everything. T- Tony's everything. Tony, Tony is the operation. Tony <laughs> is the operation. Archer, though. Like, Ar- you want to introduce your boy Archer? Yeah, so... <laughs> Perfect Ar- name for you. Archer, who I coined as the Vietnamese Jay Hernandez. Um, <laughs> I mean, Jay Hernandez's career was kicking right about this time, so it's no coincidence that they have very similar you know, attributes. Uh, yeah, he is dancing, and I'm like, okay, this movie's gonna be fun, because he <laughs> is the worst dancer, it's like, really fun, uh, he's dancing, there's a little bit of a, there, toilet water or something gets in somebody's hand, and he, Ti- Tiger goes to sit with Tony, yeah. and Tony's like, oh, meet my brother, and 
Tiger, having just dropped his cell phone in the toilet and retrieved it by smashing said toilet, still has toilet water on his hand when he shakes it. I find that <laughs> foreign action films uh, kind of kick in, like, getting onto an, on an interstate, off an interstate exit. So you're kind of driving through town, you're going, like, 25 or 30 miles an hour, and you get on the exit... And then you yield, and it's like, motherfucker, you gotta go 70. So, <laughs> this was at, like, we're hitting 65 right now. I'm like, okay, what's happening now? We got a lot going on, so hold we on. We got a we lot do. going on. We're meeting a lot of characters here. Yeah. Archer is dancing. We get a freeze frame of him dancing. But that, again, that communicates his character. He's kind of he's kind of carefree. He's a little goofy. Yeah. Um, Tiger's the hothead. And then we meet Tony, who's doing, like, some sort of business deal with a fella. Yeah. Who looks kind of out of place, because he is... As vanilla as an Asian man can get. <laughs> in a movie like this. Yeah. In a movie like this. And Tony's like, he's he's doing some sort of negotiation. And he's played by Colin Cho, uh, who you were texting me about earlier today because he stood out to you. Yeah, both he and uh, the guy uh, who plays Archer stood out to me. Um, they're both very charismatic. They have great screen presence. Honestly, I think uh, Colin Chow? Cho? I have always said it, Cho. Cho? I could be wrong. Uh, yeah, Colin Cho, he has a great screen presence. Uh, and he's, uh, he has a, you, you described his eyes. Like he just he has, has, so, you know, normally human beings have irises. Yeah. And they have color to them. Colin Cho's eyes are just deep black. He's like, <laughs> who, who is the guy from uh, uh, Dark City and the man in the high castle? Oh, Rufus Sewell. Rufus yes, Sewell. Actually. Like, he just has like a default evil look about him. Like, no matter how good of a character he is. You, he just has that evil look to him. Well, Rufus Sewell took it a step further because he, he started to get kind of like pasty white and mm. his cheekbones started to like turn into points. Yeah. Like he he started to look gaunt at some point now that he's gotten a little bit older. I've seen uh, most of that first season of Man in the High Castle. Uh, brilliant casting for him as a Nazi. Like, yeah, you told me that. Um, and I could see that. I, the, the show kind of I couldn't stay into it I might pick it up again but as far as casting goes for that show he and uh, gentleman uh, who's the gentleman who played Shang Tsung oh Kerry Hiroyuki Tagawa yeah that guy uh, he, <laughs> his, Johnny Tsunami's grandpa the, <laughs> the Japanese higher ups in that show were great casting as well because there's another character in there that I really really like uh, he's I'm curious if Jun Kunimura is in that cast it because if you need a Japanese person doesn't really matter what sex <laughs> like, Jun Kunimura will do it <laughs> he will be in your movie he'll do it <laughs> you keep talking I'll check but yeah Colin Cho uh, he he is like I said he is the operation and you can tell um, by his freeze frame he's all business um, and just a small little detail here I like that he points out that Tiger is his adopted brother mm. Archer's his his actual blood brother. Okay. Um, it doesn't contribute anything to the story, but I thought that was interesting because um, when you look at the the way they all associate with one another, Tiger, Tiger's definitely lower on the totem pole. <laughs> yes, <laughs> very much. Um, but yeah, at some point, Archer starts. He starts some shit because uh, he's trying to buddy up to some gal on the dance floor. He's mm. trying to buddy up to all the gals on the dance floor, actually. Um, and then he gets a been there. He gets uh. snubbed because uh, some some Caucasian fella steals his lady, his perceived his self perceived lady, and he chucks a beer bottle at this guy's head. <laughs> and and see, like at the moment the bottle hits the guy, uh, the music cuts out and the cops show up. 
And Donnie rolls in. He's got his pimping leather jacket. Oh, he's got that leather jacket. I um, have that fucking leather jacket because of Donnie. <laughs> I can believe it. Um, I was gonna ask you. Uh, this is the this is the actor Joel De La Fuente. I'm not uh, even sure if he's Japanese. He's got to be like Filipino or something, but he's probably mixed. Uh, that would yeah. be my guess. Gotcha. Yeah, he's. I don't recognize him. He's very good in that show. Um, but yeah, sorry, didn't mean to derail. No, yeah. that's fine. Uh, uh, Donald Yen shows up. But yeah, Donald Yen shows up. And uh, he steps to Louis Koo, who starts a... He starts some shit. Does he, doesn't yeah. he, like, slap him or something? He pours booze on him or something. Oh, yeah, he pours booze on him. And then Donnie slaps him. He just yeah. slaps him. And then uh, he just quickly, nimbly busts out a flying armbar and gets him <laughs> on the floor. Yeah. Then we get a nice uh, bird's-eye view of said armbar as Louis Koo is tapping out. And then title. Yeah. Flashpoint. And this is where we get to the the board. Yeah, we the, find out that the tribunal. The tribunal where we find out that uh, Donald Yen is a bit of a loose cannon. <laughs> McNulty, always playing by his own rules. Not going by the books like he should be. Um, yeah, so they're they're talking. It's the same same conversation that they're having at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, but they add on a few things. and They're basically just citing all the instances. Like the statistics regarding like his, his conduct over the past couple of years. Or... I, I love some of these statistics. Um, note oh. that the dates are from 1996. Um, say you averaged 14 operations a month with an average of 2.8 injured persons per incident. <laughs> it's I, like, okay. I think he ends each fiscal quarter with turning in his badge and gun. I think that's pretty much how Q, Q1 ends, QT. We're going into Q4. Hopefully he doesn't turn in his badge and gun. God damn it, December 31st. There's that badge and gun. He fucked up. <laughs> Yeah. He has, like, the schedule of a teacher or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, nine, nine months on, three months off. I didn't shoot anybody in June. All right. <laughs> Bonus. Bonus. I like how when he, he, uh, he like, sidles out of the room and he, like, kind of leans back. And he's like, hey, took a whole hour. Could have been arresting people. Could have been arresting people. Could have caught somebody with that hour. But no. Uh, yeah, so we get to the driving range, yeah. which is a lot of fun. This yeah. was uh, this was a fun scene. Uh, this is where I figured out that... Um, uh, Tony was the other brother, and they're doing some, they're whacking some balls. They've got some girls with them. They're having a good time, and a group of uh, fucking, they look like teenagers when they were coming up, but uh, they're they're relatively short. Yeah, this is this is where the uh, plain faced gentleman from the from the nightclub shows up. So they were talking about some kind of deal that's going down, and they're putting it on hold. They're putting it on hold, and I guess it's been two months. And this guy's like, "Listen, motherfucker, it's been two months." I got a shit ton of money in this, and I need you to, to do it. And they're like, ladies, get out of here. And they're like, fuck you, dude. We're going to beat your ass. And they're like, you got to talk to Tony, motherfucker. And then Tony <laughs> comes up. Uh, yeah, I really, loved, I really loved his entrance. Here. Oh, I loved his entrance. Yeah, so, like, Sam is the guy's name who showed up with all his boys. He has a considerable number of boys, by the way. Yeah, there's, they're outnumbered <laughs> 30 to 4, I yeah, think. Yeah, and it's basically just Tiger, Archer, and Wilson, and they're all hanging out, and they're at the driving range and uh they're not sweating this at all <laughs> no and then yeah tony shows up behind everyone and he just comes charging in <laughs> charging and he just throws a fucking chair at him and it's beautiful yeah I love the, cha- it. the, cha- the chair <laughs> is so awesome because it's one of those chair hits where you see it and you're like that fucking you remember when uh o'connell hits uh benny with the chair in the mummy Oh. Like he just whoom, <laughs> whacks his legs like that fucking hurt. Uh, that was a snappy one, dude. Was snappy one. <laughs> he launches that chair. 
Like, that's not the first how much, time. How much baseball did you play, Brendan Fraser? That is Damn. not the first time he's done that. <laughs> no no um, fucking shit. It was impressive, but uh, my. I don't immediate... think that was meant to happen. Like <laughs> he come, he, Tony comes in. I'm like, fuck him up, Tony. Like as soon as he comes in, he just starts punching motherfuckers. He comes out. in like a fucking whirlwind. Yeah, that's he, great. He opens with the chair, but as he's running, he he whips out like a a 360 elbow. But he keeps running straight. Mm-hmm. So he elbows a guy. The guy falls by the wayside. And then he knees a guy into a locker. Yeah. Not not against. Into. He, he applies the man to the locker so hard that he goes into it. Which, th- that, the last movie did it too in this movie. That makes it more fun for me to see, like, oh, that's not realistic, but I appreciate the violence. Oh, that- God. Some of the bumps that, that people take in this. Like, mm. I hope these guys got paid. Because... The one guy gets like a fireman carry, like basically John Cena's finishing move. Yeah. Onto, onto the side of a bench, so his rib cage just goes <laughs> on, onto a fucking steel bench. They showed that. They showed it in I th- the uh, the fucking thing at the end in the credits. Him the actual falling into that. Uh, it doesn't look pleasant. It doesn't look pleasant. It's not the nastiest bump in this movie, if you ask me. Um, I think I have a pick for which one is. Are Chinese directors just like uh, <laughs> Brian Callen in uh, Brian Callen and Hangover Two? All right, everybody, good. They get their fuck back to work. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, like geez. these days, I think they're, it's more regulated. They got rights now. <laughs> yeah, they actually have rights now. Which is, I've said this on previous episodes, which I think is why a lot of Chinese action movies are shot in Thailand now, because they probably don't have as many rights there. Um, goddamn unions. <laughs> yeah. Now you got your goddamn unions. <laughs> now your movies suck. Um, but yeah. Uh, all credit to the stunt people in this film. They, yeah. They fucking put their time in. Um, and then we get to the beach. Yeah. And it took me, I didn't realize it was Donnie Yen out there with a shirt off. I almost had to back it up, but then I felt weird about it. Yeah. But, understandably so. So, <laughs> so this was an interesting scene, and I'm not sure if it means anything, but I noticed just something. So there's a group of, everybody's sitting on the beach, and there's uh, the subtitles didn't show what it actually said on the sun. Red Tide. Red Tide. Whatever. What is that? It's just two. Clams is pooping. Oh, okay. It's toxic, basically. Gotcha. So there's a group of old people, like a good, like 10 or 12 of them, they're just standing there, just slumped over, like, no, we really want to go swimming. Our lives are short, we'd like to go swimming. And um, Wilson's just sitting on the on the sand smoking. He's always has a cigarette in his mouth throughout this movie. Uh, yeah, I thought you would notice that. <laughs> uh, Chinese... I'm smoking indoors. Uh, yeah, but I've noticed that Chinese filmmakers don't really care too much about making smoking look cool because they don't have to advertise for big tobacco yeah well it's also you know it's habitual it's yeah. just like people do that. people just smoke dude yeah, don't worry it's, about it's it. it's not a matter of character it's just something the actor probably felt like doing yeah. <laughs> and the director's like whatever whatever <laughs> doesn't take away from the movie really need to watch thank you for smoking but um but yeah uh and he's talking to somebody on the beach and i thought it was one of the brothers but yeah so Donnie Yen yeah. has got that shirt off. Well, first he's doing this. Yeah, he, he's doing like it looked like he was doing like. Donnie yoga. is introduced to us, but jeaned, butt first. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, better physique. Who do you think? I think Liu Kang, Robin Shu. Oh, oh, far and away. I think far and Liu away. Kang has got him beat because when he pops that shirt off at the end of Mortal Kombat, you're like, Whoo. well, fun, funny thing is, like I said, Donnie Yen. It's funny. Um, I accidentally went to Donnie Yen's Wikipedia page. I wasn't looking for his Wikipedia. I was looking for pictures to post on the Instagram for the podcast. Um, his build height is like 5'8". I was like, fuck that. <laughs> That's a lie. 
Robin Show or Robin Shu is probably that tall. And I have seen them. They've been in a movie together. Actually. Oh, really? They fought each other in Tiger Cage 4. I would, I'll actually show you their scene together. Because okay. it's, it's like two minutes long, and it's good. Is it good? It's way better than anything he did in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> um, but yeah, the two of them actually have faced off. And yeah. there is a significant height differential. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Dunny and in terms of like physique, he's he's always kind of had that like that baby body. Like he's always been kind of a soft body. He's like tightened up a lot more now that he's more famous. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, it's well the, a lot of these like legit martial arts guys. Like it's all about agility and flexibility say, rather all, than like you know fast twitch muscles. It's the shit. Bruce Lee push up muscles. Like you just you're jacked from just a shit ton of calisthenics. Yeah, and, but. The funny thing about Donnie Yen, though, is if you look at his fucking hands, mm. he's got like ham. He's got like sausage hands. Oh, he's got big mitts. He's got big mitts, Speak- and they and they are callous the fuck. I off. was gonna say, speaking of big big mitts, I believe Russell Wilson is playing right now because he's got the biggest hands in football. <laughs> shortest, I think he's the second shortest quarterback, but he's got the biggest hands. And- That's maybe one of the only quotables I got out of Shallow Hal. <laughs> got banana hands. <laughs> banana hands, like the the one quotable I got from that movie. <laughs> I don't right. think. I think it's a very good movie, but no, that's the one thing I not. got from. <laughs> but yeah, Donnie's on the beach. He and he and a uh, Louis Koo are having a chat, um, and this is where we learn that Louis Koo is an undercover cop yeah. who's actually working with Donnie N on a case. They're trying to build a case against the Vietnamese brothers, um, and also Kent Chang shows up here. This is the yeah the doughy fellow with the thick eyebrows, and he shows up with his dog. Yeah, <laughs> and he meets them on the beach, and we're just basically a. Doing some plot exposition here, making sure that everyone's on the same page in yeah. regards to who's who and what's what. Um, I do like some of Louis Koo's comments here. And he like throws his cigarette at Donnie and he's like, he calls him like, he says like, you naked handsome piece of man me. <laughs> like, basically he's teasing him because it's like, we're having a meeting on the beach. No one said you needed to take your shirt off, Donnie. Yeah. <laughs> well, it looks hot outside, so I'll give him. Yeah, it did look hot, but you know, Donnie... You know, Donnie's got a flex. He is a producer on the film. Yeah, <laughs> the, old, the old people say, "Fuck it, we're not gonna live. Like we're not. Like we're probably gonna die soon anyway." And they yeah. they run into the they water. all run into the water, and then the band music starts oh, to play music. over the scene. Well, the thing I noticed was the old people going into the ocean. It was just a like a it was just a little thing. Like, yeah, we're gonna die anyway, so let's just go. In. I don't know if it was just supposed to be funny for the movie. I think it's mostly supposed to be funny, but there's a very loose theme here that that I'm gonna throw at you right now Mm -hmm. and i want to see if you can make anything of it because it's just a small detail i noticed um uh families and mothers yeah um so donnie yen has a mother who we're about to meet uh the three vietnamese brothers have a mother who's very important actually she's in multiple scenes and uh later on fan bing bing who is quite nice yep and very much welcome in this film correct even though i don't know her cantonese is any good at all but <laughs> i i've been jo- making she was the, dubbed i've been making this joke for years now i don't think i've ever heard fan bing bing's actual speaking voice because she's, she's been dubbed in almost every movie i've ever seen her in days not. of future past might be the only time i've ever heard her actual speaking voice. i didn't know she was in that uh she's yeah. in two minutes <laughs> um, yeah but the, yeah her mother gets mentioned and her mom's also from the countryside so what we have is three different families of characters who have all moved to the big city and are all being drawn back to the country by their by their mothers Mm -hmm. i don't know what the significance of that is however it probably is significant that these are all characters who presumably came from the countryside and they're 
parents are unhappy living in the big city and they're leaving now. Well, being... I, I, it's I'm, also, you know, during a turbulent time of history when, you know, the handover's happening. I'm, a, I'm a, a son that lives in the city and I have a mother that's like, why don't you just move back over to the country? It's way better. I'm like, nah, I like the city. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I, like the, I like the food options here. It's really great. <laughs> um, yeah, so we... The band. The band. <laughs> I could not stop laughing at this. Oh, I forgot to tell you my bus story about Mr. Bean. Oh, if you want. So Kyle has a story he wanted to tell me. Um, on on his journey here to do the podcast, uh, the twenty minute bus ride it takes to get here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I we get on the bus and you can kind of sniff out a new bus driver. I don't know, just being on the metro like metro buses, you can kind of pick them out. They're usually a little more friendly. And, uh, yeah, like, they engage with you. And they engage with you. Life hasn't beaten them down yet. Uh, but the guy is hi, I'm like, how's it going? So I get in the back, and uh, I'm actually about a mile away from here. And we stop, and for some reason, now, on if you haven't been on, on a city bus, there are generally two to three doors. This one had three doors, your entrance, and then the two exiting ones. So for some reason, when he went to shut the two back doors along with the front one, the two front ones shut, and then the back one opened up. I'm like, okay. And then he shut that one, and then the second one opened up. And then he shut that one, and then the back <laughs> one opened up. So we're sitting there, and he's really struggling with this. Like, it's oh, good no. five minutes where he's doing this. And I'm oh, like, no. what the hell's going on? I'm like, I'm kind of laughing now, because I'm like, oh, let's see what works now. And like, it, the, they keep switching off back and forth. And I'm like, no one else thinks this is funny. I'm it's like, like an Austin Powers yeah, sketch. Yeah, this is like, a, I'm like, I'm watching this, and then. This is the forklift. So, yeah, it's, it's him, like, boom, boom, back and forth. So he shuts the bus off, and I'm like, oh, it's probably going to fix it. And it does. It, it The the door shut. Okay. And he turns the bus back on, and the little one just opens up again. Oh, my God. And I'm like, I'm making good time. I'm not mad. I'm just trying to make the best out of the situation. I'm like, this is fucking hilarious. So I'm like, I'm just kind of giggling. And then I just he keeps doing it again and again. Now he... He leaves the bus on. Now he's doing the manual override, like shutting it. And he's kind of looking around like, what the fuck's going on here? Like, I don't get this. And he goes to the back one and fixes it. And he walks away and it opens right back up again. So, like, in 10 minutes. Oh, my God. We're sitting at this bus stop for 10 minutes. And finally, he shuts it off again. It turns it on. And then just... It looks like it's gonna stop, and then it just opens back oh up again. God. And I'm about, I'm like, I'm laughing so hard. Oh my god, it's oh. not gonna work. <laughs> no one else thinks it's funny. Finally, he shuts off the bus for a good. It was for a couple of minutes this time, and then he turned it back on, and then it was good to go. Okay. But it, it was a good ten minutes where I'm just fucking like pinching my arm, like, oh my god, he's still not gonna get it. I can see why you you titled this story the Mr. Bean bus ride. It's a Mr. Bean, like him, like. <laughs> Like trying to <laughs> trying to figure out why the doors aren't closing. Oh my god! And Mr. Bean's humor was always that, where it's mm. like is cringe worthy to the point that's like this is uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> like because you know you feel for the guy too. Like it, it I it's, would yeah. I would think that's fucking hilarious, but at the same time, it's like that guy has to deal with that. Luckily, this bus was going southbound, and that's relevant for rush hour in Seattle. Yeah. If you're big on, time, if you're in north, so if it was going northbound, it was doing this. There would have been no laughing from anybody. Oh, yeah. You'd, you'd get a lot of shouts. I, of, what the fuck? Well, we well, fine. You'd probably get a lot of people hopping off the bus. I thought about it, but I really wanted to see how this played out. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is he ever going to figure this out? Fuck. Uh, Sorry, So tell, tell us about the band, Kyle. So the band we get 
into this gymnasium. Are they wearing gym clothes, by the way? Are they yeah, wearing, like, shirts? Yeah, it's the police band. So, do you have, like, this pretty not... I think this is Donnie's punishment, actually. I think you're right. Uh, <laughs> I didn't I didn't know... I'm, I thought he was just a nerd, but I'm like, I think this is, his, this is his punishment. So, they're not great musicians. Like, they're not really playing at their full potential, it sounds like, as far as executing, playing an instrument. Oh, it sounds awful. And Donnie Yen is just, like, kind of, like, boom, boom. Well, he's his, on the beat. He's, he's doing his beat, job. But he, you can just see he's not, like, super into it, but he's taking it seriously at see, the same Donnie, time. I, I pictured Donald Yen being a, a terror in, like, the military or something. Oh, he'd he be would that be guy awful. He's always on point, and all you motherfuckers are not doing your job. He'd be, <laughs> he'd be Mark Wahlberg from fucking The Departed. He'd be like, what the fuck? Like, I did my job. I'm, <laughs> I'm the guy that does his job. The guy does you his must job. be the other guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, he would be that guy. So yeah, I was laughing pretty hard at this because he's playing the drums, and then they stop, and he just starts yelling at them because they're not doing it. Well, I told you about the pose, and you probably noticed it in this one because it's much more pronounced. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's when the, he's getting onto them, it's, yeah. it's the shoulders come in, the hands go on the hips, and he just give, he tilts his head, and he just gives you this look like you're a fucking idiot. It's so, Superman with scoliosis. This is like what. What, what were you thinking? It's pretty funny. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. It's and he funny. like points at them and he's just like, God, you guys suck. You, you're just terrible. And his mom pops up out of nowhere. She, yeah. She's just like, hey, I'm going to the country. He's like, oh, I'd go with you. And she's like, yeah, I've been waiting for you too. And she's like, all right, I'm not going to go. It's, it's a it's a sweet Mima moment where like she shows up and she's basically like, yeah, I'm going to go back to my hometown. I was, I was waiting and then one of my friends died while I was waiting for you to figure your shit out. And yeah, I'm leaving. I thought she was dead. I'm like, they're gonna kill her. I, I thought that was gonna happen. I'm really glad they didn't. Yeah. Um, but I, I like that Donnie and like he goes up to her and like he, you can tell he's not coming with her. Yeah. Like he doesn't say as much, but you, you know, he's yeah. not going with her. And then, I like that she just kind of says bye, and then bye. she starts to leave, and then he like, he rolls his head, and yeah. he helps her carry her bag down the stairs because he's a good son. Question, do Chinese people eat noodles for breakfast? Because I could get in on that. I don't know, actually. Well, this... I n- could, too, though. <laughs> yeah, I could totally get in on that. Actually, I was uh, watching... Colin like, Cho eating those noodles made those noodles look really fucking really good. Really fucking good. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we get a, uh, a what I like to call the breakfast power struggle. To, and uh, we're in about, oh, a 20-story building, and we're this having... This is a very, very well-directed scene. This is good. Uh, we get uh, power breakfast here with... Uh, <laughs> With a fucking uh, Tony, and he's talking to three dudes, uh, suits of some kind, in a criminal organization. They're not too intim- They're not really intimidating, but you can tell that they're well financed. Uh, meanwhile, we have the um, Wilson, the undercover cop, with uh, Archer. Archer, and they're kind of just chilling in a car, and we're not really sure what they're doing, and. We figure out that they're actually watching this guy that they're having the conversation with. They're watching uh, his uh, wife and kid. And we get the exchange. Oh, I love Archer's comment here. Uh, Basically to prove that he's... Like, Colin Cho has them on... The red shirt looks like shit. Like, he looks stupid. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. he he just like casually says, like, Yeah, I see your wife. She's wearing a, a red sweater. And your son... Yeah, he looks kind of dumb. He looks pretty dumb. He's pretty good. That's such a weird thing to point out. But I love how, like, we have, like, uh, Gary Oldman in uh, True Romance. Like, just, like, this whole thing's going on. He's just eating his food. What I really love and why I say this is a well-directed scene is, like, one, Colin Chill's performance. Yeah. Like, he's, he's menacing, but understated. Like, you can tell, like, 
he's ready to go whenever, but like it's not the right time. So like he's just gonna intimidate them just by being in the room and being very calm. He reminds me of the Chinese Takihara, that that actor, like oh, that like Tadanobu Asano. Yeah, uh, Asano. He has that sly smile where, like, he could be a good guy, but he's not. Like, yeah, he he has that quality to him. He's Asano tends to be like very unreadable, which is a huge benefit to him as an actor. Colin Cho is a fucking bad guy. Like, mm-hmm. unfortunately, he's always cast as the bad guy. Well, <laughs> you expect him to be an Ichi the killer. You expect him to be worse than he actually is. I mean, yeah. he's not a good guy. Don't get me no, wrong, no. but he's not the villain either. Well, also, one of his defining traits is loyalty in that. Mm-hmm. Where he's very oh, loyal to very his loyal. his master who's gone. That movie needed more torture, more violence it in did. it. Sorry, um, <laughs> I, I, I digress. Um, but I love uh, Colin Cho's body positioning because mm-hmm. he's facing away from them the whole time. He's sure. just kind of like got his head pointed the other direction. He's very casually just enjoying his fucking noodles for breakfast. He's like, guys, eat your food. Yeah, you that's get, get that's cold. actually how he closes the conversation. Is like, you know, it's it's good food. Don't let it go to waste. <laughs> Basically, right after he threatened his yeah. wife and child. <laughs> so you you get the idea. He threatens his wife and child, and I do like how he like he finishes up this conversation with, "Tell him that you want to be friends" or something like that. And he's like, "No, no, no. You have to say it louder." I'm like, "Oh, he's such a little dick." Yeah, I love I love when he he does amp up his energy a little bit, mm-hmm. like where Archer tells him like, "Oh, I can see the family and kids," and so he's like, "I can't hear you." No. <laughs> Just like yeah. shouts it into the phone. Yeah. But yeah, like when he shakes his head, he's like, "You gotta say it louder." He's not gonna hear you, and if he doesn't hear you, he's gonna run him over. There's some like <laughs> the first half of this movie. There's some good comedic, like, like some good comedy in this. Uh, Wilson Yip does that. Like I, I said, one of the earliest movies of his I've seen is Bio Zombie. <laughs> I do like this. They decide that they're gonna work together, and uh, Archer's like, "All right, we're gonna peel out of here." But make it act, like make it seem like you're gonna hit them, <laughs> and the undercover cop does. He's like, "Oh, listen, to you you do whatever you're told." And he's like, "I like that kind of deal." But it's his birthday, and he's like, "Hey, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a thing for your birthday tonight." He's like, "Actually, sorry, I'm meeting a I'm meeting a friend tonight." And he's like, "Ah, hey, whatever." Yeah. Uh, and Archie gives him some cash. He gives him a little bit of dough, and he's got a nice little. He's actually keeping all this money. Yeah, uh, that, he's being a very good cop. Yeah. He's keeping all the money, and yeah, because you would think that in a movie like this, you have that like um point break theme where like he's kind of like he's getting in too close with this group and now he's almost letting he's basically let patrick swayze go like he's yeah he's got his foot in both worlds shades and it's, of gray and whatnot yeah and it's starting to kind of affect his his work but no, he's he he's a legit yeah he's a good guy and yeah he's keeping all the money in a fucking pressure cooker yeah. for some reason <laughs> i thought it was funny <laughs> uh he's also this is also his birthday and he is thirsty as the kids would say well he's also lonely too yeah like he's undercover both but he's also very lonely <laughs> yeah uh, he doesn't sleep with his therapist like leo and the departed but he is calling every girl he can think of i love where he goes auntie may <laughs> is is uh jessica around like what she's dead <laughs> it's so fucking funny yeah there's a montage of him making calls <laughs> that, that is one of the funny ones that was good he's like oh shit oh shit <laughs> like, he's getting it turned down like you don't remember me or like something like yeah. that and there's a lot of crossfades here and then eventually he's like kind of like just like perched up with his palm on his chin and he's got the phone like plastered against his temple and he's like he's like not even caring who he's calling at this yeah. point and he calls a gal named Judy. How is Judy not the first one he's calling? Where I are these other ones? For real. Who are the other ones he's calling? It's like, what did they look like? Jeez. Fuck. But yeah. Um, Zhang Zi, Zhang Zi, Zhang Zi, <laughs> Judy. <laughs> 
But yeah, um, she picks up, and the first thing she says before she says hello is happy birthday. Oh, yeah. So Judy's a keeper. <laughs> yeah, uh, what's her name? Fan Bingbing. Fan Bingbing. Yeah, she's very lovely. Oof. Yes, she's quite lovely. I don't know if she's the hottest one we've seen. Have you have me seen in one of these movies? There was another one where I was a big fan. I can't remember which movie. I can't remember, but she's pretty up there. Yeah, she's she, high up there. It's, the, we mentioned this earlier that she's dubbed. Um, yeah. She's from Taiwan, um, and they speak Mandarin in Taiwan for the most part. And uh, yeah, she. this is a Cantonese language film for the most part. <laughs> in, in Veep... Uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, her character as the vice president, she gives um, Taiwan back to China. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <That's a powerful laughs> oh, fuck. It's <laughs> fucked up. That show's oh, great. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, oh, so fuck. this was, uh, we, I mean, they hook up. You can tell, you can tell that they have a, um, a, a friendly relationship. I kind of like their back and forth when she gets there because he's giving like this fake, like, what did Johnny Walker do before he started selling booze? He's like, oh, he was a walker. He walked here, he walked there. What did there, he just mentioned? I think she's a bartender, mm-hmm. and uh, basically that she's just like mentioning drink labels, mm-hmm. and he's just creating funny, fanciful stories about all the drink, like based on the name, like oh, why do they call it Johnny Walker? It's like, well, you know, Johnny, he did a lot of walking, yeah. and uh, he got boozed one day. <laughs> they, they have a nice, they have a good chemistry. Also, I like that, like she walks into the room and he immediately starts rifling through his drawers. Mm-hmm. Like she, she knows where things are. Like yeah. she goes for the blankets and it. There's a weird little thing. I don't know if this is a cultural thing. Taking the shower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, what? I, I caught that too because I just listened to a podcast not too recently. You know the one I'm thinking yeah, about. Yeah. <laughs> like asking a woman to take a shower before you have sex is like, go fuck yourself. Oh, yeah. I, I would. I don't think I could ask for that. No. I probably would not have a problem with that. But, <laughs> but. Well, if, <laughs> if we met while swimming out in like the ocean or something like that i think it's pretty much implied that i'm gonna take a shower oh yeah, yeah no you don't want none yeah yeah because that, you don't know what's on you yeah that's that's the ocean yeah that's but just, she says there's piss and shit in there <laughs> <laughs> but she says like i'm gonna take a shower and i'm gonna leave on my own accord after we're done yeah it was kind of like uh all right the money's on the dresser kind of deal but this is a casual hookup yeah it, i think it's meant to point out that like they may not be close now but they were so it's like they were probably <sighs> I don't know. I, the the chemistry I got from them was that it's more of it's been a casual thing for a long time to the point that we haven't discussed being in a relationship, but we're kind of in that that gray area between fling and girlfriend. That sounds right. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. But um, yeah, we get a really nice shot of them in bed together. It's, it's nice. It's an overhead shot. It's very cozy. Very cuddly. They're just, they're yeah. just spooning. It's it, nice. it look, It's just. It's a basic shot, but it looks really nice. And it, by the way, this seems like a good time while we're talking about nice shots. Uh, did you notice the color palette in this movie? Yes, I like it much better th- than the. SPL. SPL. Yeah, SPL SPL has a lot of neons and there's a lot of blue. And and I'm actually a fan of neon blue, but the way it was done, maybe it was just a decade, it just wasn't done very well in my opinion. Um, It's a very cold movie in a lot of ways. There's color to it, but it has a stagey quality to it. mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of really audacious gels and shit in there. This movie, Flashpoint, is green. Yeah. Everything's green. I'm fine with it. And I fucking love it. Like the way it looks, it's like the green's really... for lack of a better term, they pop. Yeah. Um, I, I worked with a graphic designer for a fair, oh. fair number of years, and that was a naughty word in the office. Oh. He hated that word. 
pop. Well, because every client wanted things wanted, to pop. They wanted their design to pop, and he was like, "Fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I love the colors in this movie. Even the beers they drink are mostly Heinekens in this uh, movie. Yeah, uh, they're. The <laughs> but pro- I think that was mostly just because of the bottle. Thank you for bringing that up. There's something about product placement in films that bothers me, and it's when it's done, when it's not done subtly. If you know what I you know, what I'm getting at like. In this I movie, have seen Godzilla 1985. <laughs> they have a Dr. Pepper machine in the war room. There's ways, at the Pentagon. There's ways to do. <laughs> there's ways to do product placement. There's ways not to do product placement. One way to not do product placement is to get a six pack of Heineken and then have your camera just focused on that. Heine- okay, we got Heineken. We've got Tiger Beer here. Uh, a good way of doing it was like Austin Powers does it uh, and like don't get your hands off my hiney baby like we get what you're doing it's supposed to be part of the movie and it's kind of meta or in a fucking um, Wayne's World Wayne's World is probably like the people best people only do things because they get paid <laughs> that's the, just really sad it's the funniest shit yeah, they were the first ones to really tackle it like the no one talk about it anymore it's giving me a headache <laughs> ah Nuprin which is does, Nuprin little yellow different, different. <laughs> But I think Scorsese does it pretty well. Like if it's you, the choice of a new generation. <laughs> the things just blend in there. Like you don't really like. Yeah, it's just no, part of the. There, scene. there is a right way to do it. This is like, do you see? Do you see the Heineken? Okay, now let's move on with the scene. Again, though, I, I think it was mostly just the color. Yeah, because um, bottles actually are used. It's like a recurring motif in terms of imagery. Oh, by the way, he's pounding beers. I, I mean, he has pounded and is pounding. Oh yeah, when, when Judy shows up. That that coffee table is full. <laughs> He's outside on clink, the clink, 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 clink. on the outside on the balcony. It's just it oh, yeah, like yeah. a frat party was there. Oh <laughs> yeah, <ridiculous. laughs> surprised he had energy for anything after yeah. that. He gets that birthday sex. Then we get the uh, the car kill. Oh yeah, yeah this yeah. was fun. Yeah. I wasn't expecting this actually. Yeah, this was a good one. Uh, so Wilson and Tiger they pull up to a garage and Tiger's like, "Wait here, I got this." Yeah, and he's got his little beanie and his shades. And he's got a fucking giant ass knife. <laughs> it's not a machete. It's 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 Major Payne's knife from like his knife that he has from Major Payne. His field. I knife. don't remember his knife. It's it's it, hooked like it looks like a bo- like half a boomerang. Oh, is it like a kukri or something? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, kukri is the one that bends that. Way. Yeah, it looks kind of like our death bay. Yes, type it shit. looks like it, yes. <laughs> it does look like his sword. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, you want to walk us through the car kill? It's actually not a kill, but I, it, there, I, there's brutality. So there, the point was to car kill, but it is car brutality. But you know, it's it's Tiger. He's he's a fuck up. If this were Mortal Kombat, <laughs> this would be a brutality. Yes, the car brutality. Uh, he goes after one of the snitch. Have they talked to the snitches yet? No, the rats are coming up. No, um, this is Sam who. The, is the same guy from the nightclub and from the driving range. He's, yeah, he's, he's the, at a fucking... He's at the parking lot where they have the sign where you gotta punch your ticket and yeah. whatnot. And he's stopped in his car with his wife and daughter in the back seat. Yeah. And uh, he's going to pay and then Tiger's just like... And just runs up there and just... I thought he hacked his arm off, but realistically, no. They just would have sliced it open. Again, you need to see green room. He's going around just hacking him to shit. The... The wife and daughter get out, and he's just fucking him up in the car. It's a lot of fun. Like, oh, yeah. Just he is flashing fucking him up. But, you know, economy of motion, my friend. Like, make those make those cuts count. Go for something vital. Stab. Yes, stab. End him. But, no, he's he's just, like, he's whacking slashing. him. He's just whacking him. And the sound effects here are pretty juicy. You're only going to make people squirm more if you're slashing. Like, that... that 
triggers a response in you, and you're going to be fucking fidgety. No. You start stabbing people, like, I'm losing a lot of blood. <laughs> I'm woozy. Hey, I think you got my lip, my liver. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to make fun of that. Oh. That's <laughs> uh, fine. Yeah, but he's fucking him up in there, and I think Wilson kind of gets wise to that a crime is happening down there. <laughs> A crime has transpired. I'm an undercover cop. Like it's not like Leo watching a dude get shot in the head. Like I didn't know that was gonna yeah, happen. His uh, RoboCop Prime directives are going off, and yeah. he's like, "Somewhere a crime is happening," and he uh, he reverses down into the garage and slams into the car. Um, but it just so happens that his his actions save Sam. Yeah, and he yells at Tiger like, "Hey, get in the car! The cops are coming!" They're not coming. They're not. Coming. <laughs> so I actually listened for him. Like, they that was they don't get year. calls about stabbing. No. <laughs> not in parking garages not for a few minutes anyway um but yeah uh, they take sam uh somehow sam survives this nasty attack and he is in the hospital and he's hooked up to a respirator and then some and kent chang a uh, bushy eyebrow fat gentleman uh, elmer fudd with eyebrows <laughs> he walks in and he's like hey you gonna testify and sam's like yeah fucking whatever man yeah, i dude. just got cut to shit i don't care i think they mean business um, but yeah, we go to the police station following this, and uh, this is a cute scene. Yeah, I like this. This was this was fun. Uh, although Donnie ends, I think this was improvised, and I don't think he's a good improviser. No, <laughs> he's not very loose. He's kind of stiff. They bring in Wilson. I like that they keep a uh, they they bring Wilson in, but they have a bag over his yeah. head, which is really smart. Uh, they they bring him in and they uh, take him to the inspector's office. Who this guy needed a little more screen time because I liked him in there. He's very good in the Eatman movies. Um, he plays a cop who's under the thumb of the the British police chief, mm. but he kind of like finds a way to mete out justice on the sly, like on the on the down low. Gotcha. And he's Ken Chang just has that way about him where he's very he's like everybody's uncle. Kinda. Yeah. Like I would call him uncle if I met him. Like, <laughs> he's he's a he seems like an affable guy, you know. But yeah, he's. I don't really know what they they're just kind of checking in with him. They didn't really. Sp- well, they, what they're telling. Wilson is that uh, we have a guy who's willing to talk. Gotcha. And he's like, fucking yes. Yeah, yeah. His reaction is like, he's ecstatic because he's been undercover too long and he just, he wants out. Yeah. And this is like, things are in motion finally. And he's really excited and we get a little like exchange between him and Donnie N and they tease each other. It's, oh yeah. Also the first thing he does when that hood comes off, lights up. Oh, yeah. oh speaking <laughs> of which, in The Departed, why couldn't they hook Leo up with some anti-anxiety medication? He was supposed to be deep undercover. He was deep undercover for a year. And they're like, you got to see a shrink. Maybe that was the implication. It was like, you talk to the shrink, she's going to hook you up with meds. Like, yeah. she's going to hook you up with anxiety medication. But he actually, it's harder for him to get the meds. It seems like a dick move from uh, Queenan's fucking department to not give him some kind of anti-anxiety medication. Yeah, I mean, up to the end of that movie, he kind of gets the shit under the stick. He like, does He's, get he's the shit not under well the stick. taken care of, although... I don't know what he had for supper at Queenan's house. We should probably. I, I don't doubt that Martin Sheen's wife is a hell of a cook. Probably. <laughs> uh, my boy is studying law in Notre Dame. That, uh, that word, supper, like it, it. Supper. That's a very old man word that I, I yeah, can't say. Supper. Yeah, 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 yeah. You'll come. You'll have some supper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, well, they show. I forgot. Saigon. <laughs> Goddamn, still in fucking Saigon. Still in Saigon. Um, but. When he's pounding beers, it makes sense as an undercover agent. Like, he's lonely, and also, it's very stressful. I don't want to infiltrate a Chinese gang. That seems very stressful. Yeah, I, I like that. That um, when he says, it's my birthday, and then it turns out to be this melancholy thing. Yeah. Like, that seems realistic. Yeah. Where it's like, this is a guy who kind of 
by necessity has to live kind of a shitty life. <laughs> Leo's just popping his, you know, dead mother's Oxycontin in that movie. That was his birthday. I mean, it might have been his birthday, too. Oh, yeah. one gross thing is he chugs it with a Sprite. He has, Ooh. like, a soft drink that he takes the Oxycontin Ooh. with. It's pretty gross. Yeah. Um, we, Should we mention The Departed? Yeah. Uh, something that I neglected to mention on the SPL episode was that uh, The Departed was, you know, based on a trilogy of Chinese movies, the Infernal Affairs movies. Um, I personally have not seen them, although I suspect that The Departed is a, a better structured film on the whole. Um, you know, it's Martin Scorsese. I don't, yeah. I don't doubt that his take on the story was better. Um, but the, the, reason, the reason why I bring it up now is just that uh, you can't help but notice some similarities between The Departed and I presume uh, the Infernal Affairs movies and Flashpoint. I feel a little bit of point break I mentioned. Just, I mean, just a little bit. All, all undercover cop stories are going to have that in common, but this one has the added element of just the, I don't know, the, the big city. It's a it's also a Chinese story. And then the, the cell phone stuff that I was telling you about. There are certain story beats that happen in this movie that are straight out of The Departed and Infernal Affairs. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them's about to happen in a few minutes here. Um, but it's just something that, I don't have any like concrete details I want to throw out there, but maybe keep keep all keep that, that in the back down. of your mind while we're talking about it. Do we get to Mama's birthday? Yeah, we're at a banquet hall, and uh, the Vietnamese boys, all three of the brothers, they are making arrangements to like have a big banquet for their mima, for their mom. Uh, mom is maybe a touch senile. Yeah, I think she's got some Parkinson's, not Parkinson's, um, Alzheimer's. Yeah, uh, she's got some issues here but i really love the way they attend to her Mm -hmm. because they're human they're good sons even though they're horrible people they're bad people but they love their mother yeah and even tiger like he's the adopted son but he definitely loves his mom and uh archer's sitting at the table and he i think he's feeding her jook like rice porridge oh god you still haven't seen that hangover too i haven't so (laughs) He Stu the doctor is marrying into a Thai family, oh. and they have the dad has no respect for him because he's a dentist, and he's like he's got no vision, he's got no intelligence, he's just a fucking dentist, <laughs> and he says that. But I see Stu's value now, and he's like, and he kind of perks up. He's like, interesting. He's like, yeah. It calls him this the name of the, the name of this food that they eat, I guess, in in Thailand and probably other Pacific Island cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very mushy, warm rice that they give to young children and to old people because they can't digest or they can't chew things properly. And that's what I was thinking of when they're feeding her this because she's very old. And he's like, "Yeah, it's not very good, but I guess it'll get you through." And that's what she <laughs> compares it to. It's, the, it's pretty funny, but that's what. That's what I was thinking. Of. So, what's this called? Uh, I, pr- I assume it's Juk. Juk. He. It, I'm assuming that's what it was juk. supposed to be. It's just. I mean, it's something that's in like pretty much every Asian culture yeah. by a multitude of names. Uh, it's just rice porridge. It's just really, really, really boiled the fuck rice. He, <laughs> he, like... he says this, by the way, at the rehearsal dinner in front of everybody. So it's even more of a blow. Just... Yeah, I mean, he's he's the father-in-law. Yeah. He's got to lay it down. You know, He's got to whip it out. Make sure everyone knows. I'm still the boss. He's a, <laughs> he's a dick. Uh, yeah. Oh, but yeah, Archer's like feeding her and she won't eat. And then, uh, Does Wilson give her the present? Is that Wilson who gave it yes. to her? Yes. Okay. Yeah, Wilson shows up and he gives her a gift. I don't know what it is, but it's 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 a it's a glass case with what looks like a golden peach. 
with some sort of kanji written so on it. So when my dad was in the Navy, I think he brought something back either from the Philippines, or I'm not entirely sure where it's from, but it, it, it came in a box, like a glass yeah, case yeah. like that. And it is a whittled, uh, it almost looks like cork wood, uh, a tree, like a tree, like some kind of, it, very like a bonsai tree looking. Okay. Um, it really intricate detail. It probably was relatively inexpensive, but it's a nice little, nice little piece of um, like well, culture bringing I mean, back. Whatever it is, it's yeah. a it's a lovely ornament, and of course, it has gold leaf on it because mm. it came from China and gold, man. It's yeah, impo- it's important. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Wilson brings that. He wishes her a happy birthday, and then Tony lays down the law. He's like, Tiger, feed mom, <laughs> and he he like literally gets on his knees to try to feed mom. Yeah. <laughs> Because he, he, he like you scared mom. Yeah, you scared mom. Apologize. Apologize. Like, <laughs> I know gold's important, dude. I saw Shanghai noon. Yamimbi, uh, <laughs> people's money. People's money. <laughs> so yeah, then we uh, then somebody. I think the the chief approaches the guy in the beginning that was threatened by the brothers, and he's like, "Hey, you want to rat out?" And he's like, "Yeah, fuck it." Yeah. Um. Basically, I, Sam is leading the charge from a hospital bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Because because he is agreeing to talk, uh, the police have contacted all the other people uh, that Tony was threatening earlier, and they're saying, "Hey, he's willing to talk. Do you want to get? Do you guys want to get in on this?" And they're all like, "Sure." Yeah, in fact, sure. the, the one guy who played the chief in SPL, I think, I think he's like in a bakery eating like an egg tart or something. He's like, "Fucking hey." Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they they gather them up, and they're at the police station, and they're they are protected. Yeah. So everything's going down tonight, basically. The safe heist. Yes. Um, so we go back to the hall. We go back to the banquet hall. And Tony, being Tony, his his bullshit detector is going... He knows something's up. And meanwhile, Wilson is texting Donnie Yen, who I think is on the freeway at this point. No wonder Tony's getting antsy. Like, Why is he over there with the drinks and, like... Playing pocket pool, <laughs> like, like at mom's birthday. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I love this detail where uh, Tony takes the, he calls him the captain. It's the banquet hall, like the major D, basically. Mm. He like takes him around the shoulder and he's like, "What kind of car do you have? What make is it? <laughs> no, we're gonna borrow that. Yeah, we're gonna need that." <laughs> and he just like the scene ends, but next scene is them like driving away from the banquet hall. Um, and yeah, all the brothers take. They take off. Uh, it's it's a uh, Tony, Tiger, and Wilson in a van, and Archer and Ma yeah. in a car. <laughs> uh, so we're all we have two different cars and we're going two different directions. Uh, I think Archer's taking Ma home <laughs> yeah. while, while the brothers head back to their like safe house to like clear out their shit because it's time to get squirrely. Archer and the mom in the in the car is really funny. She's like, "Mom, you gonna be sick." Throw open this. Throw open the, and then this gift that you just got. Throw open there. He opens the lid. It's so funny. Uh, Archer is secretly the funniest person in this movie. No, he's very charismatic. He's very funny. Yeah. Um. So the heist. They go to rob something vague, but there's a lot of money. Well, it's in the not heist. a heist, as far as I know. It's just them clearing their shit out. Like they're packing up to to leave. Hong Kong. Oh, okay. They're they're going back to Vietnam. So they're they're. That's why the, he calls. They're leaving him. the city. So they're just packing up all their shit i thought that was strange because i'm like why the fuck would you call him for a heist just no mark this down as one of the things they did but yeah they're i guess they're clearing up shop and much like the departed uh leo was like hey i gotta check something in the back uh he wants to alert uh wilson wants to alert donald yen citizens yeah <laughs> citizens yeah. that's not how you fucking sp- you know what's funny is i looked up i was like how because the, the dude misspells citizens and leo's like this is how you spell citizens like, i guess like, this guy's a fucking idiot that's how you spell citizens i looked it up i'm like 
No, that's that's how you spell it. That's how you spell <laughs> citizens. Um, but yeah, he he's like, did you lock the door? Like what they like? I and, love that. He's like, like fuck no. He's yeah. like, I got it. And again, Tony. Is, Tony's like, uh, okay. Tony's the sharp one. And we even get that moment where you remember when Matt Damon's on the phone and um, uh, Martin Sheen just kind of comes up like <laughs> you're busted, motherfucker, and yeah. he's just giving him the clipboard. We kind of get that moment where he goes to call Donnie Yang. He's like, hey, they're gonna fucking clear out. You gotta you gotta follow him like we're in this car or whatever. And he comes around the corner and Tony, Tony Tony's just Tony's just staring at him. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Tony knows. Tony knows. And you don't want Tony to know because he'll do something about it. <laughs> that, I mean, more credit to the Chinese gang because the departed gang are fucking idiots. I'm like, it's <laughs> obviously Leo. He's the newest person to the gang. His fucking <laughs> he tried out for the police academy, was expelled. He's the cop. It's clear. <laughs> Not a fucking cop. Not a cop, Frank. Not a fucking cop. That there was something I read about that scene where he like Leo didn't know that Jack Nicholson was gonna have a gun in that scene. They're trying to elicit a real response. I'm like, oh. he's on a movie set. It's clearly not a big fucking deal. Like, yeah. how would you react to that? Okay, I guess there's a problem. Also, it's Jack Nicholson. <laughs> it's like he's gonna throw you a curveball just to be Jack. Yeah, just to be a dick. I do love his <laughs> his body language in that. Where he's just a little yeah eating the bug. Weird. Uh, sorry, I just watched The Departed, and a lot of this, some of the stuff just reminds me of The Departed. Yeah, you're, yeah your circuits are crossed, I understand. So I'm sorry. No, there, there are similarities. That's why we brought it up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're, we're uh, back in the van, and uh, now Tony's like, hey, Wilson, give me your phone. Yeah. But I love when they're walking in the van, actually, because like, Wilson's like walking to the passenger seat. No, like, first Tony just like gives him like a a hand gesture like nope you're not driving yeah and then he's about to get in the passenger seat and he's like nope you're getting in the back <laughs> see these guys haven't watched an italian mafia film uh put him in the front because you can get an ice pick through the back of the head if you're really worried i think he put him in the back because tiger was back there yeah but tiger would have more power like trying to fight somebody trying to fight somebody right next to you i mean there's no good way to fight someone yeah, in but a car you, but, you mean, but being behind somebody in a car you have more leverage true being behind them true saying tony's very confident in his masculinity yes i guess so. <laughs> um but yeah tiger and uh tony they hit the road again and wilson hands his phone over to tony and being a you know person with half a brain he hits the redial yeah obviously and he calls and uh then we get a beat that found its way into the departed to our young listeners star 67 is how you do that star <laughs> or star 69, 69. star 69 yeah. sorry yeah yeah because <laughs> they don't know how to do that oh I yeah no, I, I remember my dad doing that and yelling at people yep it was good times <laughs> um but yeah uh, he calls and uh it's donnie on the other end yeah. and we get a, a good long pause very long pause yeah and then he, colin cho just like very confidently says like we're headed to the pier by the way and donnie's like fuck because <laughs> he knows who called him and yeah. what that means because that's not lewis Koo on the other end of that phone Meanwhile, though, what's going on with Archer? <laughs> uh, so he's got his mom in the car, and we get a car chase. Yeah, we get a car chase, but nice. Yeah, they end up they end up arresting him. Yes, uh, he he does a little burnout. Uh, he gets cornered. Kent Chang is chasing him. Mm-hmm. Heavy set Kent Chang is in a car chase, <laughs> uh, and he corners Archer. Uh, they do a little burnout, and then the climax of the chase is Ma puking. Yeah, she, she spews. Spew into this. Spew into this. <laughs> and yeah, they do in fact catch Archer. He gets arrested. Uh, meanwhile, though, uh, 
Louis Koo takes a dive out the back seat. Yeah. Uh, he he tucks and rolls out the van. But Tony's not having that. So no. he, he hits the brakes, he whips it around, and he rams Louis Koo with the van. Yeah. <laughs> and this is not the best stunt in the movie. No. <laughs> not nearly. It's a dude being flipped on wires uh, yeah. down, down a hill. Yeah, it's not it's not on the level of like a lone survivor or even a black sheep for that matter. In yeah. terms of in terms of hill rolls, um, I think Lone Survivor takes I think it takes the cake in terms of hill falling. Black sheep. Have you seen Lone Survivor? No, not going to. I know you won't, but it just watch that scene okay. just to appreciate the stunt work because those guys looked like they died. Oh. Like those are people doing that. The stuntman <laughs> going down the hill in Black Sheep was pretty good. It was pretty fucking good. <laughs> He's doing some flips and rolls. Yeah, and Chris Farley's dubbing is fantastic. Oh, yeah. He. Man, <laughs> that's comedy gold. Oh yeah, but yeah, this is this is a awkward wire fall where it's yeah. like that man is very clearly on wires. He's clearly very safe, and then uh, he falls down the hill. Uh, his legs are fucked, and uh, just so happens though, a couple of cyclists roll up on him, and he's rescued. Um, Fan Bingbing shows up at the hospital, and she comes out swinging like yeah. she's pissed. Um, and to calm her down, Dunyan sees fit to tell her that her guy the guy she's with i guess <laughs> um is a cop and her reaction is kind of puzzling like you can tell she's upset but you're not really entirely sure in what way yeah i think it seems mostly like having to do with the deception aspect of it rather than like oh fuck he's a cop it's more just like oh i didn't know that and, and it would have been nice to know that um and then we cut back to archer <laughs> and he's in jail yeah. and this is where there's a heavy set guy sitting on the bench who looks kind of harmless. Yeah. Like, like this guy is, I don't know what he was charged with or if he's even been charged with something, but it was not a big deal. <laughs> Maybe drunk in public because yeah. he's just kind of like just yeah, he's listless. Just, yeah, yeah he, he's very passive. And yeah. I, you want to tell us what Archer does? With that? Yeah. He's just like, hey, are you a triad? Are you a triad? The guy's like, no. no. Like, oh. All right, then join me. Yeah. yeah. He's like, you call me Archer. And the guy's like, what? Why should I call you Archie? He's like, hmm? <laughs> like, he gives him a look and he like sits up like, hmm? <laughs> Are you sure about that? So Archer, even in even in jail, yeah. still finds a way to make it fun for himself. Um, and then we get a brief scene that uh, touches on that theme that I mentioned earlier where uh, Donnie ends at the police station and they have uh, the three brothers' mom there. Yeah. And he is just kind of sitting with her and she's mumbling and uh, she mentions she has three sons but then she also mentions my son disappeared uh, which clues us in on the fact she's not all there well Donnie Yen asks like you have three sons she's like I have three sons yeah yeah. and it, it's a nice little exchange being as we saw him have an exchange with his mom earlier mm -hmm. so you can tell it's like oh man like I hate these guys but I feel for your mom and he takes her to like an old folks home basically because he doesn't know what else to do with her, being as her support system have left the fucking country. Yeah. <laughs> um, by the way, hot nurse. Um, <laughs> and before he takes off, uh, leaving leaving her in the custody of like the hospital staff or whatever, uh, she runs. She like waves him down. She's like got this big smile on her face, and she gives him some lucky money because it's her birthday. And that's you know a thing you do. And I was like, oh, that's sweet. 
And he's like, I don't know how to feel about that. I miss my mom. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Archer goes to court and he does not confess. No, he does not confess. They uh, No bail. He has to give in all of his travel materials. And they're like, take him away. And the one cop grabs him on the shoulder and is like, hey, don't do that or I'll sue you for sexual harassment. <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny. No, it's cute. And uh, three months later... Yeah, so the trial's not going to be taking place for several months, and now we have to start knocking off witnesses. But mm-hmm. we're going to start off with uh, killing the undercover cop. And how are we going to kill the undercover cop? Uh, well, we get there in stages. Oh, we we have a we have a scene with um, Wilson getting out of the hospital, and he's talking to Donnie Yen, and he's like, basic. He's like, I should get benefits, and the government yeah, he's, should pay. He's- Mad. Kind of, he's kind of bitchy. He's, yeah. he's very pissed off because the state is not taking care of him at all. He's like, I have to pay my own medical bills, and I'm not getting compensated for this, and they're basically just screwing me over. And Donnie Yen is just kind of like, yeah. Yeah, he can't really argue any points that he's making, so he just kind of has to take it. And you can tell Donnie's trying to make good. Like, you can tell. He feels bad. Yeah. Um, but... Louis Koo is on crutches, and his leg is in one hell of a phrase. If I lose a leg for the gov- for the U.S. government, I'm going to want compensation. Yeah, it's, <laughs> he's understandably upset. Yeah. And I did like how he's very dismissive of Donnie, where he basically mm-hmm. like turns around. like He's like, they're walking side by side down the hallway in the hospital, and he like actually like hobbles and turns around. He's like, I forgot something. It's like, I don't think you did, but I can tell you don't want to talk to me. Yeah. So. Bye-bye. And then Archer does some more dancing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this time in a jail cell. <laughs> and so he, we get a montage. It's it's a There's a lot of crossfades here. Archer dancing in slow motion. He's feeling himself in jail. And uh, Tiger and Tony uh, and Kenji, who's another character who isn't really a character. He's just a Japanese stuntman that mm. Donnie Yen works with. Um, the three of them roll up on a, on a little boat. And they come back to Hong Kong. They got some business to take care of. And another little detail about Tiger's character. I like that Tony has to point out to him, like, hide your fucking gun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, he, has a, he has, like, a rucksack, and there's very clearly a rifle. An assault rifle. Yeah, like a muzzle sticking out. sticking out of his bag. And Tony's Jesus. like, hey, you might want to cover that, bro. <laughs> and then... uh. During this montage, uh, Tony picks up their mom from the old folks' home, and from her expression and the way she's just staring out the space, I think she's degenerated a bit. Tipped like, over, yeah. Yeah, she's gone further off the deep end. Uh, that's not good. Um, and then he takes her back to Vietnam during the same montage. And the reason I, I brought this up on the previous episode, I don't know if you remember, but the trees here, I think this was for the same location that they shot in SPL. Trevor, uh, where, never... where the uh, the the kid with the camera found mm. the dead body. Yeah, I'm almost positive it, it is. It looks the same. Yeah. I, I want to say it's the same location. Yeah. Um, I thought that was neat because it's a great-ass location. <laughs> I can see why they'd use it again. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, now we're starting to knock off witnesses. And uh, the first one is Sam, who's... Sam has taken a lot of beatings, man. Yeah. Um, Not the one that got knifed? Yeah. Yeah. So Sam got out of the hospital, and Tiger found him again. Yeah. <laughs> and this time he gets hit with a sledgehammer. <laughs> he fucks him up with a sledgehammer. <laughs> like, goddamn, man. Like, Tiger has got it out for you. Yeah. Uh, and then we get the turkey. Yeah, we get the chicken or the turkey bomb. Turkey bomb. So they put a bomb into a turkey, and they somehow 
either surprise give it to the group or they ordered it. They knew they were going to order the chicken. Yeah, this whole like ten minute sequence is is very like Hitchcockian or De Palma esque. Yeah. Um, it's it's the bomb in the room under the table theory where mm. it's like if you if you give your audience some information. Um, it heightens the suspense because you know what the characters in the movie don't know. Yeah, they bring, uh, they're having like a little shindig for uh, Wilson. His um, new digs are nice. Yeah. new Nice new place, man. Uh, I wouldn't have given all that money over. I think I would have kept that uh, considering that the government's going to screw me over. So. Yeah, did you keep that pressure cooker? I think he did. I uh, think he did because this is a nicer place. They, unless it's her place. I think it's his place, but yeah, I think he used some of that pressure cooker money. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, they bring him a fucking $30,000 chair. Yeah, this was a nice detail because uh, Kent Chang and Donnie Yen and also, like, like I'm not sure if I mentioned it on the air, but uh, one of the guys who's helping move the chair um, was the same actor that Donnie Yen punched out, like punched senseless in SPL. No. Same actor, different character. Anyway, um, Kent Chang takes Louis Ku aside and says, like, by the way, that chair costs a lot. Yeah. And Donnie paid for it. This is his way of trying to tell you, like, I care and I'm sorry. <laughs> if you lose a leg or something, I'll buy you, like, a fucking wheelchair or something. I'm not buying you a $30,000 <laughs> vibrating chair. Not driving him to the airport. Jeez. <laughs> but, yeah, so there's, they get sent a turkey, and they're all super excited to eat it. And the inspector's like, no, 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 no. We have to give this guy time to blow it up. Let's put the... <laughs> Let's put the turkey in the oven and heat it up because the guy who's supposed to explode the turkey drops the battery, which I was like, what, what did I miss here? Because I was kind of, I was running something down and looking away and I look up, I'm like, the fuck does a battery have to do with anything? It's for the detonator. Yeah. Um, so he gets the battery and was he... Was that a T2 reference? It was. Nice. Uh, <laughs> because it's one of, those, one of those things that the Terminator does and I'm like, how'd you know what that means? Yeah. Anyway. Um, Chill out, dickwad. Dickwad. Uh, John, you got to go. John, John, Jamie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so the guy, he's like, he runs up. Uh, he's taking like the stairs all the way up there to explode the turkey while yeah. it's heating up. And Donnie Yen fucking like sees him out of nowhere and he puts it all together yep. somehow. Yeah. Uh, doesn't save the inspector and it injures uh, what's her face. Oh, the inspector is dead. Some really fun bad cgi here yeah. kent chang like staring <laughs> intently into the oven as you do when you're super hungry <laughs> i mean he is a big guy yeah. like i don't put it past him but basically the glass and the fire blow into his face and it's all poorly rendered cgi and then we get a shot that reminds me a lot of uh deep sea when uh was it the john Turturro's sister or whatever <laughs> oh uh... <laughs> The one from the Soprano. Janice Soprano, yeah. yeah. Uh, she gets blown. That funny. When she gets yeah. blown up, yeah. It it looks like the it same look, pose. It looks like, like the same thing. Yeah, but it's a fat man instead yeah. of a woman. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it could have been. It could have been a male stuntman. Yeah, could have could have been. been you know. um, but uh, yeah, he gets blown up, and uh, Judy gets knocked down, and they don't bother to put any makeup on her because she's pretty, and yeah. you know we we don't want to make her look bad. Don't make her look bad. Uh, point is, she's hurt. She gets injured. And all my my note just says ah because the scene is kind of comical. Uh, the editing of it is actually very frantic, and the music does a lot to like build tension. But the payoff is just ridiculous. We do start fading to black a lot as the movie progresses. This is true. Um, it's used to better effect. Um, In Lord of the Rings. <laughs> well, yeah. 
I think my favorite fade to black in this movie is after Tiger gets beat the fuck up. Oh, okay. Um, there's there's some good fades in there when uh, Donnie's cleaning his hands. Um, but yeah, post detonation, Kent Chang is fried. Fan Bingbing is hurt, and we're back at the fucking hospital. <laughs> what what is the quarry beat down? Who the fuck was this guy that he's beating the I shit don't out of? No, I still don't know who that was, but it's somebody who knows something. The best I can guess is it's one of those guys that's not like he's with the group of brothers, but we he's like not even a character. He's just a body. Like, I mean, they have so few guys. Yeah, I, it's got to be one of those guys. Like, just w- one. And I don't even remember seeing him, but did we? are we to the quarry beatdown? Because this where I was like, wait, what the fuck is happening now? The only thing that happens in between that is that uh, Fan Bing Bing's in the hospital. She's hurt. Everybody's upset. Uh, the lady, like... Obviously. Like the the, chief, late, the hot lady cop? Yeah. yeah, the hot lady cop. She shows up to tell everybody at the hospital, like, hey... Uh, being as there's a bunch of Vietnamese guys killing everyone, um, we want you all to take vacation. Joke. And, and, and Donnie, there's a fun beat here. It's it's a comedic beat where uh, Louis Koo kind of flips the fuck out. And Donnie Yen, in response, like he sent, he reads the room. And uh, he gets up and he's like, hey, all y'all, listen to what the lady cop has to say. Uh, do your job. <laughs> and then they just kind of walk out of the room. And then we get a speeding car in the yellowest quarry that ever yellowed quarries yeah right <laughs> um it's a very yellow quarry and uh lewis Koo is driving very recklessly uh we find out in a minute here that he has a fella in his trunk and he beats <laughs> the fuck out of this guy with a baton yeah it's it's bad he's beating the shit this is out not of good copping this no. is not good policing no and don i don't know how don is donnie yin with him too yeah, he's watching it happen. Yeah, this is another movie where Donnie Yen's like, eh, you're not supposed to be doing that, and I think I'm going to... He does intervene, but he takes his sweet fucking he time. He takes his time. Yeah, yeah, he takes his sweet fucking time. Also, I noticed his pants are too big. <laughs> I didn't know his, his pants. pants are too big. <laughs> like, they're way too big. Well, this is the aughts. I mean, what are you going to do? I, I guess, well, 1997. Which, uh, big yeah. pants. Big it, pants. It was a thing. That would I be. do remember I don't know this. what the style was in China at the time, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, could, I, I would not be surprised if big pants were a thing. Well, um, but yeah, his pants are too big. <laughs> he assumes the pose in the quarry. And uh, I guess the plan here is he and he and Louis Koo are kind of obligated at this point to maybe enact some vigilante justice. Yeah, uh, vigilante justice is going to have to go into effect. It's just got to happen, you know? Yeah, because now we're getting a witness killing spree. Uh, oh, yeah. Leading, well, a lot of people die here. A lot of people died <laughs> leading up into the trial. So that's why Archer's super not worried about going to prison or jail is that he is, they're basically just knocking off all the witnesses. Yeah, like in rapid succession, all the crime bosses that Tony was strong arming earlier in the movie get Shot in the face. Yeah. Um, back to back to back. Like three guys in a row. Um, one gets a really, really bad sniper cam. Really bad. I didn't know. This is that. a disappointing effect. Um, so, I mean, anytime you look through a, a magnification device, like a scope or a binocular, anything. Yeah. Like, you know how you know how it like closes off a yeah. chunk of your vision? That's what that looks like. It doesn't look like everything clear and then a crosshair that floats across the yeah. frame. No. That's like Silent Scope, the arcade game or something. No, it just it looks really cheap and artificial. It's just supposed to sell you on the fact that someone used a high-powered rifle to shoot someone at distance. Uh, so one of them gets shot that way. Um, another guy gets a really cool freeze-frame death where he just rounds a corner and then you just see a pistol bop him in the temple. Mm-hmm. And then we hear the sound effect, but we don't see the result. But you can kind of piece it together. Yeah. 
Um, but my favorite one was the guy who plays the chief in SPL. He's walking to his car on a rooftop parking lot. This was a good one. And Tiger's just like sitting on the ground on the other side of the car. And so when he comes around to unlock his door, there's just a fucking guy sitting there that shoots him very casually. You know, it's unintentionally funny, but in a casino when the mob bosses are like, just just kill everybody. And it is the fattest hitman ever just keep whacking all these guys basically did you ever notice how fat these dudes were in yes, casino I, did. I don't know they just cracked me up but this was one of those like they end up shooting a guy next to a car like click 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 and tigers just behind there like, oh hey uh there's a funny michael bayism in that uh 13 hours movie it's the benghazi movie yeah, I'm you watch you, i know you're not gonna watch it but no. there's a very michael bayism where uh one of the local like Syrians basically one of the people that's supposed to be working with the CIA guys like Dude. there's two of them and they're like 300 pounds they look like fucking Syrian Joey Diaz oh okay and they have AK-47s and they're one handing them like sideways and they yeah. got like ties and they're just <laughs> like they're just big fat sweaty dudes that are like one one hand sideways firing at assault rifles <laughs> hitting nothing hitting nothing but looking pimp as shit <laughs> it's you can tell Michael Bay supervised the casting of those guys. He was like, I want them in this movie because they are fat and hilarious. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, shit's gone wrong. Yeah. Every, everybody's dying. Can we talk about the elevator shootout? Yeah. And uh, all the poor choices made by people in this shootout? There are a lot of, <laughs> there are a lot of poor choices made here. Uh, Fen, I, Fen Bing Bing's leg is, is suspended above. Like She's she's in a hospital bed. She's laid out. Yeah. Um, she reveals that she is preggers. Two, I, didn't, I didn't catch that. Two months preggers. And this is also where she mentions her mom. She's like, you know, my mom's been saying, like, I, I should come back to live with her in the country. Action's happening at this point. She is the on the back burner as far as me paying attention. So I did not catch that she was pregnant or that she even talked about her mom. It, it doesn't really change anything other than make... Wilson's actions slightly more justifiable. Yeah, because now we have like, yeah, you hurt my girlfriend, but now you hurt my baby mama. That's, exactly. that's different. That I think that's the only reason it's there. Yeah, uh, it's just to make it make just slightly more sense. But hey, yeah, hey, just kill her. That gives you motivation too. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the elevator scene is. It's a pretty good sequence. It's, I, it's brief, but it's good. I like it. Uh, I like how Donnie Yen's Walker Texas Ranger senses are just like. He, yeah, it's great. So there's a guy in an elevator, and immediately Donnie Yen is like, "This guy's up to no good." And we know that this guy has a gun. He's got like a. So this is Tiger, by the way. And oh, it's, I didn't it's it Tiger. It's Tiger. It's Tiger, and he he and Kenji. Uh, so two bad guys have infiltrated the hospital because we have a plan to move on Wilson and Fen Bingbing, yeah. Judy. Um, and they're both disguised as janitorial staff, and they're doing the very Asian thing of wearing a face mask because yeah. they got colds, you know. Like that's you polite. Can, yeah, that's very polite. I'm glad that it hasn't kicked it hasn't kicked in, in our culture because I just don't want to wear one out in public. But I appreciate it. I, I do appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice gesture. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're wearing they're wearing face masks, and so somehow Donnie Yen is just able to sense evil. I mean, <laughs> he, he is, but I mean, you can also kind of see the Clint Eastwood squint behind his eyes. He's kind of like, this guy's up to no good, and you can tell. It's like, that janitor is way too jacked. But Donnie Yen definitely, <laughs> gets, <laughs> definitely gets his hip, hands on his hips, and he's just he's ready for it whenever it's going to happen. Yeah. And, so uh, Tiger's situated behind him yeah. as Donnie is facing the elevator doors. He is at his roughly 4 o'clock. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, 
And then I don't know what prompts it. I think it's oh, it's because he's about to shoot him, and then the door, the elevator door opens because one of the the officers is like, "Hey, we need you for something." And it looks like it's about to go down, and Donnie Yen just fucking kicks. Oh, the car. It's fucking <laughs> awesome because it, it just happens out of nowhere. Just snaps out a good back kick. And then we've got uh, like we got a struggle in the elevator, like like where Donnie Yen's like got a hold of the, his hand, but the hand's still popping off, uh, popping off rounds. We've got two people outside the elevator. They do. Duck like they duck and cover, but one of the dumbest decisions by yeah is this lady officer goes in with a revolver, mind you. Hey, that I think that's actually standard issue for Hong Kong police. Jeez, uh, like it's in every movie I've watched. So. And she's in an elevator shootout and gets killed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes, she does get she clips she gets clipped right in the chest. Yeah. Yeah, she dies. She does nothing helpful. Nothing. <laughs> she points her gun a lot. She maybe tries to get a shot off, but no, she she gets dead real quick. It's pretty bad. And uh, Donnie Yen and Jing Yu, they have a little uh, skirmish in the elevator. Music is fucking awesome here. It's one of my favorite tracks in the whole movie. Uh, but yeah, they have a little tussle, a lot of a lot of grappling, a lot of wrestling. Um, but Tiger manages to get away. Donnie does take some shots at him. Like, yeah. He's not fucking around. Like yeah. He's like, I'm going to end that fucker. Uh, meanwhile, though, Kenji abducts uh, Judy. Yeah. So she she gets got. And Judy gets taken. Yeah. Judy gets taken. And Tony punches her in the fucking face. He does, yeah. Like, it's not a slap. It is a slug. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't think you'd have that in an American film, to be honest. Mm. Like, knuckles to fucking nose. It, I don't think like it's happened. Center frame just. <laughs> I don't think it's. I don't think it's happened since the '90s. But yeah, I, think I don't it, think you would yeah. have that in like maybe in a more contemporary movie like an Atomic Blonde or something. Yeah, she's taking punches. Yeah, she takes some slugs in that, but uh, typically you don't see this in no. movies, especially in American movies. Especially the the hostage. Yeah. The helpless hostage. Who's also crippled, by the way. Because Atomic Blonde, she's engaging in physical combat with people. She's going to get punched. It's just going to happen. No, it's an action scene. Yeah. No, this is just an innocent woman who gets gets punched in the fucking face. Punches her. (laughs) So Archer ends up being let go. Uh, All the people are dead. They're like, well, we have nothing to to keep you arrested for, so we're going to have to let you go. And he's just whistling, getting out of there. He's got got his cigar, feeling good. Uh, he gets a phone. He's talking to them on the phone. Well, hey, you're jumping like 20 minutes ahead. So oh, I'm sorry. We we need to talk about Tiger and Donnie Yen throwing down. Cause they they have a little they have a little thing in the elevator, but they have a little foot chase, and then there's a street market scene that we absolutely fucking have to talk about because it's one of the funniest fucking things in the movie. I don't remember this at all. Oh my god, Kyle, do you not remember a child being thrown? Oh yeah. <laughs> Well, this, the logistics of this child being thrown. I saw the elevator fight, and I'm like, okay, so we're going to be wrapping up here soon on this to get to the final battle. So I saw this, I'm like, okay, I know it's kind of... Oh my god, kinda... you glossed over the market fight? Yeah. What the... the, the what? The, the, what? the best part is coming up. It was like, it was coming in like 20 minutes. I'm I like, know, okay. but holy... Sh- this is the prelude. This is the preamble. Okay. <sighs> I remember it vaguely. Let me, let me, let me just walk you through it real quick yeah. so donnie chases tiger out to the street market uh, he does a little parkour off the wall mm-hmm. i remember uh, the parkour he busts out some donnie kicks he breaks a table 
And then we have a hostage situation. Yeah, with where the Tiger girl. is cornered, and so he picks up a girl, little girl. Yeah, hangs her upside down. Upside down. I noticed that. And he's like peekabooing from between her legs. I thought you were saying that there was a lot. There was more action. Like there was more fighting here. I'm like, I don't remember any fighting, but it was more of a chase. It ends with some fighting. Yeah, a <laughs> um, And Donnie Yen's got him held up at gunpoint, and Tiger, being Tiger, takes the hard takes the hard road. Yeah. And he's like, instead of just running away, he picks up this girl. And I think I think the he way they drops did her this, on her head. He throws her. Yeah. Twenty fucking feet. And I think the way they did this, the way it's an effect. The way they did it, I think, is they had a doll on a laundry line, like mm-hmm. a like a horizontal laundry line on a pulley. And they had him throw the doll and then the camera does a, a swift like pan on a dolly mm-hmm. and follows the path of this doll and it passes through some curtains so we can't it's obscured we can't see the details then we hear a <laughs> like wow. a, like a juicy melon hitting concrete sound Yeesh. and then the camera tilts down on the other side of these curtains and the little girl's like on the ground concussed bleeding from yeah. the fucking head it's... but <laughs> i'm sorry it's hilarious just this doll like you can see it like bouncing a little bit like you would have like on a laundry line or yeah. something like it's not stable but the arc in which he throws it is so like perfectly horizontal that it's just totally unnatural the effect doesn't work at all but the emotional intensity of it does sell yeah i was gonna say because was... donnie and he turns around and he's just like that girl got thrown and that's that's fucking street that she hit yeah it didn't look very nice and then all we we have a private ryan effect where all the sound drops out and then from behind him Tiger goes, <laughs> and Donnie Yen just whips around, and it's just a good solid minute and a half of Donnie Yen beating ass. Mm. Like, this is not a fight. This is just Donnie like beating the shit out of him. Well, that's why I say the emotional intensity of this scene really works, because Donnie Yen is a righteous man. He just watched a purely innocent child get brained. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Everything everything that he does to Tiger at this point is justified. And yeah, it's basically just him beating ass. Uh, maybe the best German suplex I've ever seen on camera. What's a German suplex? Uh, basically, it's where you approach from behind, clasp around the waist, and then heave, oh, heave okay. over one of your shoulders, yeah. and you drive the back of their, like the tops of their shoulders into the ground, gotcha. or the mat, if you're doing a pro wrestling move. But he, he shoots on him, he whips around him, German suplex through a table, fucking glorious. <laughs> uh, one thing that they made sure to do in this movie um again to differentiate it from other action slash martial arts movies of the day was uh have more contact because uh, generally hong kong moves it's all the all the contact happens at arm's length so it's a lot of like forearm hits a lot of blocks happening at safe at safe distance mm-hmm. this one though uh Yu gets literally punched in the face in slow motion <laughs> like mm-hmm. like you can see knuckles like you can see his nose bend when the knuckles touch him mm. it's not cgi like the matrix or something no he got punched, <laughs> he got punched. and yes there's a close-up of him getting kneed in the face oh i did i remember the knee to the face that, that was, was pretty fucking real was good. <laughs> the knee to the face was good I it's that. pretty fucking good um but yeah uh, the fight concludes quote-unquote fight <laughs> with donnie yen uh doing like a like a double leg takedown on him into like a, a fryer basically like a steel fryer oh and uh he knocks it over and he mounts him and he just repeatedly punches him in the face and then the 
sound drops out again the camera's like doing a slow pan around the action and i love that we cut to like the crowd like just reacting to this because like you can see innocent bystanders just being like oh my god i'm yeah. witnessing a murder yeah, basically <laughs> <laughs> but the the good fade that i mentioned earlier is uh after the action's concluded we get a close-up of donnie and washing his hands under a sink and his knuckles are fucked mm. and his hands are jittery um and then we come back to the scene and he's just like sitting on like a lawn chair just like staring into the middle distance looking crazy just crazy mm. and some other like beat cops walk up and they're like hey inspector what happened <laughs> and he says nothing <laughs> and then he just like pops up and the first thing he does is he goes for his gun and uh camera kind of like lingers over at tiger (laughs) and he's on his face handcuffed and dead (laughs) like he is he beat him to death but he made sure to handcuff him afterwards it was an accident i didn't realize i killed him uh yeah you got your order of operations a little mixed up there donald (laughs) yeah um but yeah the the music comes back right as he's leaving the scene it's a it's a very brief scene i probably talked about five times as long as it actually is in the movie i don't remember that being i mean it was pretty quick That's it's why very I brief i don't really remember too much of it but it's just an explosion of violence and it's not actually the style of like martial arts scene that i prefer in movies I, i'm not too big on like beatdowns and stuff mm-hmm. like the john wick movies get away with it because he's just killing people yeah it's not like a sustained like just him being like just unleashing hell on one guy for five minutes it's it's just dead 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 um but usually i like more back and forth exchanges you know um but yeah uh lewis kuzit uh he's been dealing with tony on the phone and uh he's being coerced by tony into uh basically testifying in court in such a manner as to let archer go free Mm. basically um what comes of it is Lewis testifies in court and says, I don't remember anything. Like, I don't know anything. <laughs> and because of that, Archer does, in fact, get to go free. And we get to come to the scene that you're talking about where <laughs> he lights up a stogie outside the courthouse. Yeah. Like, the minute he gets out the door and he gets on his cell phone. And then who should who should roll up on him? Donnie Yen just comes up and assaults him. Like, he just starts... This is actually, I think, the nastiest bump in the whole movie. It's pretty good. When he drives him into that fence. <laughs> yeah ribs yeah like that is an angle you do not want to hit (laughs) that might have hurt him in real life (laughs) i think so (laughs) like that hurt his soul (laughs) anytime archer's on screen it's funny like it may not be him being the comedic person but anytime he's on screen it's funny and him getting thrown into that was pretty funny yeah he just picks him up in like a fireman carry and just boom (laughs) like dumps him onto a fence (laughs) yeah he was not expecting it either it came out of nowhere he he had his stogie in his cell phone he was on cloud nine yeah life is good (laughs) (laughs) bonk and I love when Donnie takes the phone from him because he gets on the phone and you're expecting like a mirror of the sequence that happened earlier where there's that weird silence and then Tony has the upper hand or whatever. Donnie just picks up the phone and like without skipping a beat he's just like, speak! Where? Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty good. He's like, speak up, I can't hear you! So Donnie is having none of it. Yeah. He's, he is in full on pissed off Donnie mode. He is not a cop today. Yeah, Tony fucks Wilson up here. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he does, with a chair. With a chair. He f- not a steel chair, but it's better this way because he disintegrates this chair on his face. He fucks him up something nasty. Like, this chair started out as, you know, 
a chair with four legs and a, a back and everything. It turns into nothing. It tur- he turns it to dust. <laughs> so yeah, I guess the the deal is is he's gonna he's like I have your brother hostage and we're gonna exchange the um, the the lovely couple for me basically. Mm. Uh, this little boat, the the boat's going across. I don't know why I thought it was just it was funny. I, I it, they're it just, tiny. And I like that they make Wilson do the actual paddling yeah. by himself. <laughs> yeah. He's doing the paddling, so he's got like... Uh, so you have two crippled people in a paddle boat. <laughs> yeah. You've got... So they, they go to this... I the, love this set, by the way. The set's nice. It's uh, Looks straight out of Anaconda. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like two little shitty shacks on a... Just a piece of water. I don't even know. It's like... Is this a pond? Or a marsh? Yeah. Uh, it's just like we're gonna we're gonna cross this <laughs> to these two different shacks. I loved you in Wall Street. Yeah, yeah basically. <laughs> uh, they so the the bad guys have got a sniper rifle on him, and Donnie Yen is conscious of that throughout this whole exchange. Um, and they've got guns on him, obviously. But he's going over with Archer, and then this is pretty much this is leading into the end yes. here but this, this is, is the, the final set piece of the movie the final set but this is where i'm like okay now i'm paying attention because uh, this is where this is when in these movies this is where it's the fun part yeah um we build up to this yeah this is where you put your notebook down and you just fucking watch yeah uh, i have a notes uh boats run gun fight not into the long grass and then yeah i did that too <laughs> the mid-air gunshot uh i really like oh that's great it's hilarious uh but yeah we we end up uh, martial artsing around here in just a minute. Uh, there's a little bit of the prelude to the action is really fun, actually. Um, so as soon as as soon as Wilson touches ground on the other side of this this marsh or whatever the fuck, Tony just starts shooting. Yeah. <laughs> he clips him like twice, and it's like, dude, that guy's already crippled. You yeah. shot him twice. He's he makes it to the end, by the way. <laughs> Go figure. Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, Donnie Yen, in response, though, he still has Archer hostage. And in response, he, he points his revolver down the side of Archer's head. He shoots I'm like, his, he's going to shoot that ear he off. He shoots his fucking ear off. Good move. I was like, oh my god, that is savage. Shoot his foot. That's funnier. Oh, man, he, shoot, he shoots his ear off. And then we have a, a nice little standoff where Tony's like, god damn, that's my brother. <laughs> like, you already killed my other brother, I, I assume. I'm not actually, that hasn't been confirmed, but I'm going to assume, being as he's not here. Yeah. Um, Donnie shoots Tony in the shoulder, which bothered me a little bit, mostly because of the way the movie ends. I mean, if, if we're going to have a fucking martial arts fight at the end, I don't want the one guy to have a bullet in him. It doesn't matter, though. It, do- it doesn't matter. It's a Chinese movie. They can take 20 bullets before Dude. they die. I've seen they die when they're ready to die, or when it's dramatically appropriate. <laughs> I've seen movies where someone gets shot, and they're gonna fight, and the bullet has absolutely no effect on them. I know, but this, I watched. I used to watch a lot of pro wrestling, and these are things that you really ought to figure in. Like, so it's a small detail that got overlooked, but it doesn't ruin anything. It's yeah. just a funny little detail. It's like, dude, he got shot, <laughs> like, like at close range. In, in the shoulder, and he, now he's throwing punches? Okay. <laughs> but yeah, uh, one thing that's nice about this, and again, I think this was done intentionally to differentiate the style of action, is uh, the number of people involved. There's it's, quite a few people. No, there's not. There's On the bad guy side, yeah, he kills... By action movie standards, Martin Riggs killed 30 people in probably the first Lethal Weapon. Like This, this, this final battle... Mm-hmm. There's like three guys. There's like three goons, 
Archer and Tony, and that's about it. It's it's a very small collection. Well, it's one guy. to six. <laughs> yeah, I mean Donnie's amazing, but so he's not he's not like, God. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I just like that it's a smaller group of guys. Mm-hmm. It makes it slightly more intimate. It makes each of those individual guys like a Sven Oli Thorson, where it's like, oh, I notice him, I notice him, I notice him. So mm-hmm. we have a guy with a leather jacket and an AK who gets shot immediately. Yeah. <laughs> we have a guy with a sniper rifle, and then we have little Kenji who's little in Japanese, so he yeah. stands out. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, Archer immediately grabs the AK and Don- Donnie dives into the shack and we get him like ground parkouring. <laughs> like, he's like low to the ground, but he's like oh, doing yeah. tumbles and rolls and shit. Um, and for some reason, the guy with the sniper rifle on the roof is shooting down like with a bolt action rifle. Yeah, and you're not going to do anything. So you're not going to hit nothing. No. <laughs> like you can't see anything and you're not going to hit nothing. So stop trying. Like. Maybe maybe take that opportunity to like find a different vantage point or something. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Donnie shoots him in the foot. He falls through the roof, and then Archer just like carelessly keeps shooting as the guy falls in and ends up shooting him. But Donnie retrieves the sniper rifle and takes off, and then uh, we go into the long grass. Yeah, the uh, the run gun fight, where it's actually them just kind of firing at him. Um, Donnie gets behind a tree. Yeah, what I liked about the scene again is it's it's stylistically different. Like I can't think of many other action movies of this of this era that were doing this, where it's like we've all seen. Like remember, John Woo was huge in Hong Kong, let alone the entire world. So like the the two guns, like diving through the air, squib squib tastic, all that shit. Like we we've done that, we've seen that. So this, it's like okay, we have a guy with a bolt action sniper rifle hiding in long grass, being pursued by people. Nobody can really see each other, but we make extensive use of like crane shots and stuff to like show the show the situation like give you a sense of the topography and like show that yes this glass this grass is very long and Mm. nobody can see each other but we're all kind of like scrambling around and whenever we do see each other uh, the grass goes up (laughs) Uh, but tony has a shotgun um (laughs) around this time is when lewis ku gets in a car but he kicks fan bing bing out oh yeah yeah he's like hey uh no she like volunteers to like drive she's like hey switch seats with me and she gets out and instead of getting out he just locks the door (laughs) and she's like hey let me back in he's like no i gotta go back for donnie yeah (laughs) like i I seen him without his shirt you don't understand (laughs) so he goes back and this is right around the time when uh archer gets his so he hops up onto a log and we get one of the most hilarious wire gags i've seen this side of steven zagal on a wire rig hmm. um lewis ku backs up into this log and it does like a a teeter yeah <laughs> this was the mid-air gun it the- does a teeter-totter and it launches him into the air and he very obviously gets hoisted up on a wire because he's kind of like wobbling as he goes up. yeah and then donnie yen having a sniper rifle <laughs> Basically does like a clay pigeon shooting. Yeah. <laughs> and he shoots him in the ass. Yeah. In midair. I like that. It was ridiculous. But I appreciate it. <laughs> and also, uh, Kenji gets his too. The headshot. Yeah. I love his tumble. Yeah. It's it's a good tumble. It's like the entire reason he's in the movie. Is to get shot in the back of the head. And then the way he doubles over, like he falls over, but he like thinks something on his way down and he like does a whoop 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 <laughs> he like tumbles in this really awkward interesting way it's really cool um but archer actually gets his from like it's an awkward cripple fight 
It's a very awkward cripple fight because we have Louis Koo, who has been shot twice and has a busted leg, wrestling on the ground with Archer, who's been shot in the ass <laughs> and is probably not a great fighter to begin with. Yeah. Then he kills him in a kind of boring way. Like, he just, like, bashes his head on the trunk of his car. It's a Mitsubishi, by the way. Mitsubishi got paid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course. But yeah, for, for, you know, one of the more fun characters in the movie to get dismissed in such a boring fashion i was like oh man kind of sucks um which brings us to the final battle mm-hmm. i'll just you go ahead god damn it i want i want this to be a one-man show but i love the build-up to it because we hinted at this earlier in the movie uh, earlier in the podcast that is um donnie is chasing tony he's, t- he's chasing colin cho and they run through the long grass into this like bombed out like building of some sort mm-hmm. it's barely a building <laughs> it's, it's barely a building yeah and tony obviously knows something about it like he knows there's bullets there basically and he runs up into the second story of this building and donnie chases him he still has a sniper rifle and then donnie walks in on him just as he's like reloading his pistol donnie holds up the rifle and no bullets and i just love the body language here where donnie just kind of like lowers the rifle and he's like man like do we gotta? <laughs> and Tony just like does, he like reciprocates basically. He just gives him a look like yup. <laughs> like, and Tony launches it into Donnie Yen like pretty much the same way he did the first time we saw him on Leash Hell. Like mm. he comes at him and just punches, just punches and punches and punches. And the sound design in this whole sequence is just brilliant. Like the the whooshes and the and the punch sounds, are, they're not realistic, but they sound like they had more love and care put into them than your stock like looney tunes sound bin of like whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. <laughs> like it sounds fairly realistic and i love the sound of like they're both wearing jackets it yeah sound, it, it sounds like fabric like whipping through the air they don't take off the jackets until uh, like a minute before the fight's over well i think i'd want to i think i'd want to leave my jacket on too so i could slip some pads under that shit yeah <laughs> because they're taking some shots on the forearms that you know, I mean, he gets a lot of cover. Like he, yeah, it, I don't care, man. You take you take enough of those, it's gonna hurt. No, what I'm saying is, is he's actually like that's a big part of his uh, his plan, like, not plan, but like his fighting style is to like let him wear himself out a little bit. That's 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 the Donnyan aspect of the choreography. I really really love the attention to detail there because um, it's revealed over the course of the fight and via the scenes we saw the two of them engaged in earlier that they have differing styles. Colin Cho, is, he's a fucking hurricane. He just comes at you, just, just all fists and fury. One of my, Donnie Yen is more measured. One of my wrestling coaches, he always said, he's like, if you get into a fight with a smoker, like if they want to box you, he's like, just keep your fucking hands up for a while. Just keep up. Yep. They're going to be gassed in no time, and you're going to fuck them up. After my, that. my boxing coach always told me, um, if you're going to initiate a fight, like you know you're going to fuck someone up, meet him at the gym. After he's done working out, <laughs> when, he, when he's already done, that's, that's when he's all idea. juiced up and he can't even tie his shoes. <laughs> like, if you ever wanted to beat up Conor McGregor, let him fight a Diaz, and yeah, you'll get him. Yeah, cardio on cardio. <laughs> I would vote on. You're gonna Diaz. try to take on a Diaz? Don't. <laughs> the best advice. They will fuck you up. <laughs> they will laugh. They will laugh. They will fuck you up, and it will take an hour. <laughs> 
Because they're in, in incredible shape, yeah. <laughs> and then they'll go fight your friends. Yeah, and they'll fight your friends, and they'll talk shit to your mom. It's a whole thing. It follows you home. You don't understand. It doesn't end when the bell rings. While they're on a Joey Diaz level of marijuana. <laughs> it, it makes them strong. Yeah, it makes them strong. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Colin Show is all strikes. He's all kicks and punches. And some furniture gets fucked up in this this first stanza of the fight and donnie n is basically like picking his shots and countering here and there um and then he starts doing some joint locks some like jujitsu type stuff and we're we're on the second story of this building but not for long no, no. <laughs> because we get another awkward wire gag where uh, colin cho basically picks up he gets put in a triangle and he picks up donnie n wire assisted yeah and the timing is off like, you can tell, like, <laughs> like, yeah. like, Donnie's up before he's lifting, and it's like, I think you got the physics a little off there. Also, I think it's kind of weak for somebody who's, I mean, arguably his character is practiced in jujitsu. that having this guy pick you up and slam you down, I feel like he should still be able to hold on to this. Yeah, um, they do get around it because he does slam him on a fucking handrail. That, that's, that's the that difference. Would break your neck. Yeah, that... that, that <laughs> metal to the spine you're gonna you're gonna feel that. yeah i mean it's not only that but also the next thing that happens is they both fall off the fucking roof yeah and it's actually one of the stranger looking stunts i've ever seen like i to this day like i still can't quite put together what's happening but it looks really cool because it basically they both fall off and we see like both of their legs like bump bump into like the banister as they're going mm -hmm. down but then it looks like Donnie Yen like pushes off of him, and they both slam into the walls as they're going down. It's really complex, hmm. and it's it's almost on the level of like Taken Three. The have you ever seen I the clip know. of Liam Neeson hopping over the fence? Not the movie, just, I, I, just I, Liam Neeson hopping the fence. I I watched one of those. I listened. I had a commentary on it. Uh, I can't remember. It may have been Taken Two. I'm not positive though. Taken Which one does? Two takes place in Istanbul. Which one does uh, Famke get killed? Three. Okay, I've seen three. Okay. Uh, I saw that movie and my car got stolen the same night. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, so I have a special connection with maybe, Taken 3. <laughs> maybe Liam Neeson stole it so he could go get his dead wife. <laughs> <laughs> Priorities, damn it. Yeah. Um, but it's a famous like meme where I saw it in the theater, so I noticed it. But uh, it became a meme later on where it's like one of the most poorly edited things you'll ever see. It's like literally 13 cuts inside of a second of an old man hopping a fence. That's oh. it. It's just him going over a fence. It's like, it just took forever. I don't know what happened. Like Someone in the editing room had a fucking seizure. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened. Um, but yeah, um, I want to ask you, Kyle. Um, I don't know how closely you were paying attention, but uh, after they go off the roof, um, what happened next? Uh, Donnie, after they get off the roof, Donnie's actually being bested at this point, from what I remember. Okay. Um, so, uh, this is a funny little detail that I've never been able to talk to anyone about because nobody else on the planet cares as much as I do about this movie. <laughs> um, but I've, I've purchased this movie three times. Oh, wow. <laughs> I've, I've given money to somebody three different times to get this movie. The first time was a bootleg. And it had really terrible subtitles. That's Chinese. The Americans don't care about Chinese. Uh, second like. time was on DVD, which uh, actually I wanted to show you the case um, yeah. because it's unique. Uh, yeah, actually. Where's it at? 
Yeah, second time was on DVD, and Kyle's actually taking a look at the case because it's kind of unique, and it has postcards in it that I'll never open. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, yeah, uh, Asian Asian DVD publishers give you extras and stuff like that. Um, yeah, th- this is made of fabric for some reason. I don't know why. Um, anyway, the th- and then third time was on Blu-ray, but uh, the bootleg that I bought, the first version of this movie I saw, had an extra scene that I've never seen anywhere else. Oh. Um, after they go off the roof, uh, Tony's mom shows up, and she's just wandering through the long grass near the near the building that they're at, and they're both like recovering from their fall, and they're just like sitting in the rubble, like oh fuck my fucking head. Mm-hmm. And mom comes by, and she's muttering to herself over and over and over again, "I have three sons, I have three sons, I have three sons," and Tony's just like, you can tell he's really depressed, like he's upset about that. He's like, oh my mom, <laughs> yeah, and. The, a beat passes and then tony looks at donnie and he gets up and he like waves him over and gives him a grunt like let's fucking do this like i'm <laughs> it's like i'm pissed and sad <laughs> and i hate my dad <laughs> like this is the right time to fight <laughs> um but in the in the officially released versions of the movie that's that that doesn't happen not only that donnie yen is the one to initiate combat mm. like he gets up and he waves colin Cho over so I don't know why that difference exists, but I remember clear as day that on that bootleg disc, it was a different cut. Hmm. There may have been other differences, but that's that's the one that I concretely remember. Um, but yeah, fight restarts, and it is, it's back to striking and stuff. A lot of furious punches and kicks. And then, yeah, for a brief moment in the fight, Donnie Yen is losing. He's which, losing. This is, again, very similar to Steven Seagal and Marked for Death. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Uh, th- this can't be right. <laughs> like, Donnie doesn't lose. <laughs> and yeah, he gets roughed up a bit. Uh, we get a really cool shot of... Um, I- I've done this in a movie, by the way, where <laughs> for, with like my friends in high school. You're, you'd snort like fake blood and let it fall mm-hmm. out of your nose. You have to get the timing right because it's like you're holding it in your nostril, yeah. but you also don't want to like snort it into your brain. Yeah, you don't do <laughs> so that. So you have to get it like halfway. But yeah, like Donnie's like posted up on a pillar and some blood dribbles out of his nose. And Jackie Chan's probably just like laughing, just being like, <laughs> you think you're tough? Yeah, <laughs> like, right. It's like I did that shit for real a hundred times by now. Um, but yeah, they go at it and then <laughs> the tide turns. And I love some of Donnie Yen's moves in here. He he comes back to like the Donnie Yen of old, where he does like his windmill punches. Like he used to do that shit in like the eighties and the nineties. I didn't catch the windmill punch. It, it's basically just like he's demonstrating like an agility or speed advantage, and he's just flaunting. He's just like, whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> and then I love that uh, when the tide turns. There's that beat where he, th- my God, when he throws Colin Cho, Cho through that table. That thump, like that sound is just like, oh fuck! <laughs> like, it's a clean impact. Like you can tell he hit it square in the center of his back, like the way you're supposed to. But just the sound effect and the legs dropping on the table, it's like fuck. <laughs> um, but I love that. Like Colin shows pushing himself up the off the ground, and he looks pissed as fuck. And Donnie Yen's just like kind of like skipping in place, like, and he's all like bloodied and fucked up. But like his body language is really interesting because he looks like he's he looks legitimately tired, but he's like skipping around, and he looks like he's like, "Oh, I'm tired." And then he's like, "No, I'm not." <laughs> and he runs up on him. Well, if for like wrestling practice, we have to do constant movement. We would finish up workouts, like like stuff where it's just it's that. Yeah. It's just constant movement where you're bouncing back and forth, and you get into your like 
like gonna take a, do a takedown post. I'm assuming for jujitsu, like especially if you're doing jujitsu for M- MMA, there's definitely wrestling associated with getting into into jujitsu. Well, positions. yeah. How do you get to the jujitsu? Yeah, exactly. You, you need to wrestle your way into it. If he's been training, he's been training for he's been using jujitsu for this movie. I'm assuming he definitely did some wrestling. So that, that when he started doing that, I'm like, oh, I think he's well, been doing some wrestling. Oh yeah, no. I mean, he he shoots on a lot of people in this movie, mm-hmm. and, and it. It's the takedown style of a of a wrestler, <laughs> but that's actually a funny little detail in this movie. That because it takes place in 1997, it's actually really unusual that he's doing mixed martial arts techniques. Right. Because it wasn't exactly the height of popularity. Um, it would make more sense in the 2000s, but you know whatever. As long as it results in really creative choreography and a slamming good slobber knocker fight, I'm I am happy. Um, I cannot gush enough about this sequence it's fucking fantastic um it does get a little repetitive here and there because second half is donnie just beating the fuck out of colin cho well it's uh, a... to the extent that i think colin cho pretty much retired on the set like, he was like nope not doing that anymore well it's a seven minute fight scene like and it's not like we we stop here and there like it's seven minutes straight with like maybe three seconds of stopping yeah, no, this is the kind of stuff you don't see in American movies. It's like a sustained, just like straight up martial arts sequence. No, we have gunfights. <laughs> we, we have gunfights, yes, but, you know, those gunfights involve people cycling in and out of the scene. And, mm. you know, if you're a John Wick movie, we, we wear tactical armor, not just for effect, but also to conceal the fact that we have killed the same man 50 times. Right. <laughs> but no, this is just two guys and their stunt doubles uh, taking a few weeks out of their life and doing something amazing and uh, <laughs> i did like that the final beat of this fight where like you said they finally take their jackets off mm-hmm. and uh, did, did you catch the hockey fighting mm-hmm. <laughs> donnie yen takes the uh, the backside of colin cho's jacket and hoists it over his head and starts just oh. <laughs> beating the fuck out we call it hockey fighting because you know that's that's yeah. That's your number one objective. Get his jersey over his head and just go to town. That's what fucking I forgot. That's that's why fucking Happy Gilmore does it to that that heckler. He just oh, pulls man. his fucking shirt that, off and lays that was him. fucking awesome. the the speed. Yeah, just like in one fluid motion. It's <laughs> like whoop. I don't think he meant to take his shirt all the way off, but it just happened that way and it, it made it fun. Oh, it looked beautiful though. Yeah, like, that was great. Yeah. I, I, I can't even remember exactly what he says when he walks up to him. He's like, he's like oh yeah, I couldn't. That's weird. I couldn't hit the ball. <laughs> Just, bam. Just cool. one fluid motion. It's beautiful. I do you like that. Um, but yeah, he he flips Colin Show over his head. He falls through another table. And uh, I remember watching the behind the scenes for this movie. Um, Colin Show was getting a good pump before they did this jacket off sequence mm-hmm. like it's like a behind the scenes like director's diary and you just see in the background a man in like a salmon colored shirt just going bam 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 just pounding out exploders I mean, <laughs> like, professional wrestlers are doing almost a full workout just to get vascular oh, right I mean, before they go where out there. would professional wrestlers be without elastic bands without surgical tubing like, yeah like it's the best friend <laughs> get that point but yeah colin chill is like i gotta be looking good before i get my ass whipped yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah uh, donnie and Gets in some slow motion blows here. Um, and then I, I like the last beat in the fight where Colin Cho gets kicked, all the sound drops out, and then it comes back when he hits a pillar and some rocks fall. And as he's getting up, like, he just has this look where he's just, like, done. But then he gives this, like, derpy smile, just like, <laughs> and then he, like, rolls over and tries to run away. <laughs> like, you're not going nowhere. You're not going anywhere. But 
I like how because it's Donnie Yen and because he he is amazing and he has to demonstrate that he's amazing in all things that he does. Like remember when he reloaded his revolver in SPL? Mm-hmm. He doesn't just reload a pistol. He does it, it like a Terminator. Yes, he he does it like a fucking machine. Yeah. So he puts Colin Cho in a rear naked choke. But how does he do it? He runs up on him and just vertical leaps legs on top of his shoulders. Mm. <laughs> He's just like casually jumps up on his shoulders yeah. and pulls him down. And well, then while we him... got the wires here. I don't even think it was wires. I think might he... not have been. I don't think Colin Cho knew that was coming. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think he was like, okay, the script says I run away, he chokes me. Okay, I'll run away and then he'll wrap me up and that'll that'll be it. Well, <laughs> it's <no>. like, <laughs> Full body weight on top of my shoulders. <laughs> And then, yeah, uh, he, Donnie Yen puts him in a choke. We get some nasty choking sound. It's good. It, yeah. It, it, it's... Yeah. He looks like he's struggling. Like, he looks like he's really choking. Colin Cho's tongue is orange. Yeah. I don't think that's supposed to happen. He might actually be choking him. <laughs> I think I think something in his liver or his kidneys or his pancreas is finding its way up through his mouth. The best choke acting I've seen, like someone being choked acting, not Pierce Brosnan choking on something, but someone being choked. Luca Brazzi in uh, The Godfather, where it, like he's being strangled and his tongue is like mm. like sticking out. I'm like that's pretty good. Like, like yeah, you're not you're not able to make noises because there's no air coming out, which yeah. is what kills you. <laughs> which is what kills you. This is along those lines where it's like. I don't think he can breathe, dude. He can't. Yeah. Um, and then Donnie Yen lets out a primal scream to the heavens. Mm. Um, by the way, uh, I think I mentioned to you off the air the the crane shot that precedes the final battle, like yeah. the build up to the final battle, like you, the final stanza of the battle. Yeah, it's glorious. You it's know, beautiful. You notice crane shots more than I do. Well, I, it's not. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm shooting. I'm shooting Kyle a Donnie Yen look because. Holy shit, this crane shot's glorious. You have yeah. two guys like standing off in a really cool set. The camera starts off in the tree line and it swoops and it shows us all the terrain and it shows our two figures. It gives us all the information we need before we start throwing down. There was a few there was a few shots in here that I'm like I I didn't care for. There was one in particular. It was in the police station where we get a shot of people coming down a hall and uh, you can't see but behind where the camera like Behind where the camera's shooting, there's people sitting at a desk, and it goes from the people down the hall, and it shoots back to two people real quick, and then the people come to frame. I'm like, oh, I'm, yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. I was like, what the fuck was that? Like, it was, it was a, it was really quick, and I'm like, you didn't need to make it that quick. It one kind of bothered me. I think the worst shot for me is Louis Koo falling on the wires, gotcha. like down the hill. Yeah, that just looks, <laughs> that just looks raggedy. Like the, I, <laughs> it, it felt like a shot from like a like a 1970s kung fu, like, but they did it like way, like it was just one fluid motion when they did it, and gotcha. it just it was a little too quick. Mm. Yeah, I, I got you. It sounds like a Tarantino wannabe shot yeah. or something. Yeah, that's it's kind of what it felt like. Sounds like something you'd see in a movie with on-screen title introductions for characters. <laughs> but it, no, it, like, the, pretty sure they have that in Cross. The film overall is shot really well, but that was just one like it just it was out of place, and gotcha. I, I think what you mean by the the wire work on the hill is like it just it, like, kind of out of place. Yeah. So I wasn't picking up on when things felt natural or felt kind of well. The neat. reason crane shots always stick out to you is because you can tell it's a crane shot usually mm. because it's like 
a human per like a human being carrying a camera could not do that yeah it, requ it required extensive setups um and it, it was well fucking worth it if you ask me um but yeah uh surprise colin show is not dead donnie yen did not kill him mm. he did handcuff him but you can tell he's still breathing he's it's not it's not bad acting he's still he's yeah. still alive um so donnie yen spared him louis ku is alive fan bing bing is alive everybody's alive um and then last sequence in the whole movie is donnie yen back on the freeway and then a reprise of his uh quote from the very beginning of the movie yeah and then uh we get our jackie chan outtake reel and and yeah. behind the scenes training reel that yeah i think like you said i think it's a good thing to include in the movie and actually appreciate they it should put all, they should have all of this for any martial arts movie where you're showcasing somebody who's a stunt coordinator or somebody who's really well trained in martial arts you should have that so the people that are uninitiated are like yes yeah, the fucking action scene i've seen a jackie chan movie whatever but when you show this you're like oh damn like this guy is legit awesome and what we're seeing on the film doesn't even touch what he could actually do well, yeah I, I think i mean these kinds of movies are are very much my wheelhouse yeah this, this is what i like and a big part of it just has to do with being able to understand and appreciate the fact that all these glorious things you're seeing in these movies are being done by real people yeah <laughs> and more often than not not so much in hollywood today uh, Tom Cruise. But, well i mean the, the main difference is like cgi and things like that yeah like like i told you i think off the air like the john wick movies Say what you will about like shaming CGI blood effects and whatnot. John Wick movies could not exist without them. It would have to be so perfectly timed. Well, it's not. It's not only the blood; it's the actual report of the pistol. Yeah. Like you can't handle a, an actual handgun like that. Like and even if it's not firing a projectile, that's that, still dangerous. That first one is done. Like that first real big fight uh, in the first movie when they come to. I might watch that. I, I haven't watched John Wick one. You know, I've only seen it the, the one time. I want to watch it again. It's good, but it's in it's in a dark house in that first one. The the big really good uh, fight, uh, gun gun fu. Sorry. Yeah. So yeah, you don't even really you wouldn't even notice that it's CGI blood. Well, at that it's point. it's CGI blood. It's CGI muzzle flashes, and I'm pretty sure they're using airsoft pistols for most of the pistol action. Sound about me? As opposed to like blank loaded pistols, because even those are still very dangerous. Yeah. I mean, Brandon Lee, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, for me, just. I, I've watched so many of these movies that every time I see a good stunt or something, like it, it gets gets my heart pumping. Mm. Like I see so few movies in the theaters, but like the few times I've seen like really good martial arts, really good stunts in the theater, like it's different. Like it's like wow, I'm engaged. <laughs> like when I saw the raid two in the theater, you want to talk about like seven minutes of just like oh fuck, was <laughs> like like the the climactic battle in that one. Like, I didn't have the pleasure of seeing Flashpoint in the theater, but I did get to see the Raid 2 in the theater, and holy fuck, like, you're just, like, uh, just, like, gripping your seat, just, like, when is it gonna stop? You would be. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, Flashpoint's a very special movie to me. Like, like I said in the last episode, I think SPL is the, maybe the better constructed film, but this is the one I watch over and over and over and over again. I actually think this is the better constructed film. Really? I think that the I think that the characters have clear motivations. I think the characters are better. The story makes a little bit more sense. The production's better. I, I just think all all over I think this is a better film. Well it's definitely the one that resonates with me more personally. Um I like I said, I watched it countless times. It helps that it's like not even ninety minutes long. Uh, but mostly it's just I love the the final sequence. Like he and 
Donnie Yen and Colin Cho, like, they could have done nothing else with their career. If they just did this, I'd be, like, still singing their praises forevermore. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, thanks for thanks for watching both of these movies back-to-back. I know yeah. it's probably asking a lot from you. The, fir- the, the tougher one to get through is the first one. This one was easier to get through. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, but... What do we got next, Kyle? Because I had my two weeks back-to-back, so I may as well give you two weeks back-to-back. One of the... The one I think we're doing next week, I think chronologically, is The Man in the Iron Mask. Um, Yeah, so I wanted Trevor to... I've been wanting him to watch uh, The Beach for a while, and I've also been talking about The Man in the Iron Mask and how it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense uh, as far as uh, casting and the direction given to the actors and i think it's i think it's going to be a fun one to discuss i think i think you might enjoy it just from a, from a perspective well, i'm really excited because i think one of my favorite episodes we've done together at this point was the disney 3 musketeers oh, yeah. and you know it's the same characters totally different actors totally different presumably actors. A more consistent tone? <laughs> there, it, there is a more consistent tone, yes. There, so there's no Rebecca de Mornay in this there's one? There's no Rebecca de Mornay, but I mean, I think Man of the Iron Mask is cheesier than... Uh, I mean, that's cheese-level St. Elmo's fire, like, for me. Like, it's, Ooh, wow. Yeah. yeah, that's why I'm excited to talk that's about That's Wisconsin it. cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, uh, I guess we get two weeks of Leo back-to-back. That's and, right. Uh, I have not seen either, but I'm excited to see both. Because you've, you've been telling me about The Beach for a long time. I, it's a really underrated Leo film. It's just an underrated film in general. I, I think you'd enjoy it. It's Danny Boyle, isn't it? I believe so, yeah. Because uh, uh, have, have we covered him before? To, um, uh, 28, 28 Days Later, him? Yeah, I think it is. Okay. So, yeah, we're revisiting some territory here. Yeah, and who's the Scottish? I can never remember. Uh, Robert Carlyle. Is, oh. He makes a, a small appearance in The Beach, but. He's yeah. always welcome. I just watched Train Spotting again. See, I haven't seen that, but mm. like he has a reputation for being a chameleon. Like he can do whatever the fuck you ask him to. Yep, pretty much. So I'm excited. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, until next time. Yeah.